Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of the Breakaway Bandits podcast. This is the 2023 NHL Free Agency Recap Special. Uh, and, of course, Breakaway Bandits, uh, the podcast, always part of the Sports Insanity Network. Um, I am Nathan Moser, joined, as always, by Noah Tremblay and Mike Rifkin. And I say always joined by, but I, uh, I've i been absent the last couple episodes. And then Noah was absent, I think, a couple episodes the last couple times that I've been on. The, so the three of us have not always really been on this the last... The, the mega powers have finally shaken their hands and we're back together. <laughs> all all uh, My people finally talked to your people. Mike's people talked to both of our peoples. We were finally able Listen, to work out. I don't want to hear about your people talking to his people. I'm the constant. <laughs> Mike is the constant. I'm Mike the is constant. our people. We, we were able to, yeah, really, um, yeah, make things sound more elaborate than how they actually were. Um, anyway, this is the uh, 2023 NHL free agency recap special. Um, obviously, um, for those who don't know, uh, Noah and Rifkin uh, did a live stream of the uh, Breakaway Bandits when during the actual when free agency opened. And you guys can check that out. It's, it's, it's on YouTube still, right? Yeah, it's on, on YouTube. YouTube. And by the way, I just want to say yet again, uh, screw you, Twitter and Elon Musk. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm, glad, yeah. I'm, glad you, I'm glad you brought that up because that was literally there were 364 other days that that could have happened, <laughs> and, and it was it that day, the worst one. It was like what? It was day one of NHL free agency. It was like day two of the NBA and, free agency. and like day three of NBA free agency. And you like know, the day and like the Dame news got released like the morning before, so everyone thought the trade was going to happen. By the way, you know, and and I was going to rant about how frustrating that was. Did they comp- already change it back? I don't know what what did they do. I I didn't know what they did. So so basically. Someone, uh, there were people that were able to explain it better than than me. But basically, what happened was is that Elon like limited how many posts you could see per day or something like oh that. Oh my god! Screw you, Elon Musk. It was like it was like six hundred posts a day, and I'm pretty sure I I think they already like I again don't quote me, but I I'm I've been on Twitter kind of all day. Just to see what else has been going on, and I haven't come across the term thing anymore. So, oh, I don't know cool. Well, they, well that, people, that, were threatening, people were threatening to leave for blue skies. So, I mean, yeah. Like, well, that that being said, just screw you, Twitter. Don't do that again, and let's move on. Let's move off of Elon. And well, it's, it's, it's trying to it was trying to get people to pay for it again. You know, I mean, oh, but it, but it seems like every single time they try to do this, it doesn't really go anywhere. No, it doesn't. It never lasts long. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that that's over with and maybe next time for free agency, don't do that. Uh, so anyway, um, but you know, and, and I mean, there were people like Elliot Friedman who were like frustrated about the limit because they're trying to tweet out like this deal happened, this deal happened. And I think it was Aaron Ward on Twitter who was like, can insiders who break these things, can you like save a few and like put them all out in one tweet? So that way we don't have to like, you don't have to, that, you know. That is what Noah and I were waiting on throughout free agency yesterday. We're like, yeah, nothing's going on. But we also don't know what's going on because of Twitter. Because Twitter, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, yeah, just, oh, really, really not a fun time uh, for that to happen. But uh, but anyway, a lot of deals that we got to talk about. Um, 
we're going to go basically by team. I don't have, I don't know. I don't know if we, we have every team on here. Cause I know there's some certain teams like Columbus who haven't even done anything yet. Um, and we covered Columbus on the last episode when they traded for Severson and Provorov. Right. And, and yeah, so they, they had made their moves earlier. I, I think they had, all, they had also re-signed Fantilli or they re, they signed Fantilli yesterday, I think. Yeah, to his um, entry level. To his entry level. So, I mean, obviously that's a pretty significant move uh, for their team as well. Um, but anyway, we'll, we will start with the Anaheim Ducks and kind of some interesting moves. Um I don't really know based on uh, the ages of both players that they got. It doesn't really totally make sense with the direction because I mean, we know with Anaheim, they're kind of a younger team and they're trying to get younger. And obviously, I mean, they have the second overall pick. They got Leo Carlson. So, you know, they're kind of building towards having this, you know, like a younger team, you know, eventually hit their prime and stuff like that. Anyway, they made, they acquired some veterans. Uh, They get, they signed Ratko Gudis, um, who just went to the Stanley Cup final with the Florida Panthers. He signs a three-year contract with Anaheim. And Alex Kalorn, multiple Stanley Cup champion with the Tampa Bay Lightning, he uh, leaves the Lightning and goes to Anaheim and signs a four-year contract. So you have Gudis with a three-year contract and a Kalorn with a four-year contract. Both of these guys, I'm pretty sure, are either in their mid-30s or getting close to late-30s. I think in the case of Gudis, but don't quote me on that. But I'm pretty sure I thought I saw that Kalorn. Don't quote me on ages. I just know I think both are in their 30s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and you're signing them to multiple-year deals. Guys, what do we think about what Anaheim did? So Kalorn's oh, 33. Yeah, I thought Kalorn was 33. And uh, I'll look up Gudis in a second. But Gudis, I thought, was a little older. Let me look. Uh, Gudis is 33 as well. Okay. All right, so so not as old as I thought for Gudis, but they're still both 33 years old. Yeah, and, and two guys who might not finish out their contracts there, but yeah, I, I think these are smart moves because you can never have too much leadership. Okay, for these younger players, especially a guy like Kalorn, who is a big time player in the playoffs, he's always performed for Tampa, so. Will Kalorn have a similar impact to what Andre Palat had for the Devils? Probably not, because I think the Devils have uh, a little bit more talent than Anaheim does. But I think they're impactful players. Kalorn, physical, big body in front of the net, will work the boards. Radko Gudis, you can never have enough physicality on the blue line. Oh, definitely. And Radko Gudis brings that and then some. So... That's fine. Also, you have two pretty epic beards, so you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with those two guys. Um, so I, I kind of like it from the standpoint of leadership matters, and this is what uh, Anaheim wants to build around: Troy, Terry, Trevor, Zegers, and those guys. Yeah, yeah. I think as far Mike talked about the physical aspects of it, and he also mentioned the whole leadership, and that to me is the big part about these deals, is that you have Alex Kalorn, like you just said, Nate, won a cup with uh, Tampa Bay a couple of years ago. He stayed with the Lightning for the last three years, and then you got Radko Gudis, who's coming off of a Stanley Cup Finals appearance in this just a couple months ago with the Florida Panthers. And so I think adding that experience to a young team that 
you you ex- add that experience to a team that has, I think, all the pieces to be a really good team in the NHL. I think Zegers had a really good year. I think Troy Terry had a really good year. I just think there was pieces around them that this didn't work out. They need to figure out their goalie situation because John Gibson is not the answer. They didn't either need to trade for a younger goalie. Probably Carter Hart would be the better option, be the best option. If you want to try maybe a Jari, if if if, if you think Carter Hart's not it. But uh Mike giving me the, the hand signs there. He's telling me he's telling me Carter Hart's the way to go. This, yeah, Carter Hart's the way to go. That's the way if you're Anaheim, Carter Hart, go get find three a three-team deal that gets you Carter Hart. You send John Gibson to who knows where, but you get Carter Hart. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that works. I think these two signs are really good for for Anaheim in that sense of you're now getting veteran leadership to a team that has the young pieces ready to go in Troy Terry and Trevor Zegers, and you throw in more pieces with the draft and hopefully with more free agency next year when the cap actually goes up a few million dollars. First of all, I got to say, Gudis, that was one of the things, Mike, you mentioned about how good both playoff beards are. Uh, Gudis especially. I still remember uh, – it, how good Gudis's beard looked. Uh, it's an inspiration to us all. It really, really, really is. Um, and a point I want to make on Kalorn, uh, I, I just looked it up to double check. This is a guy, I mean, we talk about how he's won two cups. He has two cup rings. Mm-hmm. He's been to the Stanley Cup final four times because he was on that 2015 team that lost to Chicago. So that was he was there for that one, and then he was there the three straight years that they went one two in a row, and then obviously lost the the one to Colorado. But I don't think you could get any more experience. You've won multiple cups, and you went to even more cup finals. So I, I he really is like kind of a, the perfect mentor to prepare like a young Anaheim team. So I just I, I had seen certain reporters on Twitter that were kind of saying, hey, you know. Kind of don't understand this move. It doesn't really seem like it makes sense with the timeline. But you guys kind of justify that as, well, you know, you you get a guy for, like, veteran leadership. And that's probably something that maybe some of these guys overlook online when they're they're looking at The other part to this is if you're him, this is your last opportunity to get paid. Yeah. So you're 33. Who's giving you a five-, six-year deal worth whatever he – whatever the money is you're going to take the money you're 33 you've won two cups yeah there, there's i have no beefs with alex Kalorn going to the anaheim ducks the more i thought about mm-hmm. yeah all righty um so that covers the ducks um sticking with the a's uh the team with the a's uh we, and out sticking out west uh we go to the arizona coyotes now, the Coyotes have obviously been in the news um, in the hockey world the last, you know, month or so um, with obviously all the uncertainty, the the whole thing that happened with, uh, you know, the vote voting no on the new uh, arena and everything like that. And uh, the uncertainty that it is happening, obviously, with the team in Arizona at this point in time. But for the state that the team is in right now, they signed a lot of uh, players to, I mean, some a good chunk of these are one-year deals and the rest are two-year deals so far, but um, they did get some players and, and a few of these players are coming back. 
So uh, basically to break down um, all the players that are, have signed with the Coyotes so far, you have Jason Zucker, who signs a one-year contract with Arizona. Nick Bukestad, who had already had one stint with the organization before he comes back on a two-year contract. Alex Galchenyuk, who, I mean, he's been kind of all over the league at this point in time. He is returning to Arizona on a one-year contract. Troy Stetcher returns to Arizona on a one-year contract. And Alex Kerfoot leaves Toronto and goes to the Coyotes on a two-year contract. So a lot of names. You know, I, I think these are contributors that I think are going to make a difference. Zucker uh, being one, Kerfoot. Um, we'll see with like what Bukestad and uh, Galchenyuk can do. And I think Stetcher is a pretty nice add on the defense as well. What do you guys think for Arizona? I, I I think I texted you that about the curve foot and about the uh, Zucker. I love them. Yeah, I think I think Zucker in particular because he can work with a Clayton Keller or some of those other young guys, and this is the w- way to be a professional. Kind of similar to Anaheim with Kalorn. The Coyotes aren't there. But they have pieces that are actually pretty good. Right. Clayton Keller's a stud. I'm gonna butcher the goalie, but Videlma, Videlka, what the the goaltender. Yeah. He he's got potential. The pieces they get back in the Jacob Chickering deal, they have pieces here. Are they ready to com- contend in 2023-24? No. But it's about building each rung. And let's be honest, if Zucker and Kerfoot play well, one, they could re-up and stay. Or two, you're going to get a decent haul back at the trade deadline, and you're going to keep building it rung by rung until you get a real arena. Yeah. Yeah, Arizona's in this really weird spot where you don't know what your team's going to be in two years. Are you going to have a new arena in Phoenix? Are you not? You know, are you moving? Are we getting the team back in Quebec? Or are we getting a team somewhere new? Or are we getting it, you know, there's so much up in the air about them. They're, they almost have to just be this kind of, we just have to, go this year by year. And I think that's why the Kerfoot deal is only two year and the Zucker deal is only one year. I think also along with the many other deals of like, you know, because of the cap situation, those are one year deals for that, for those reasons. Um, So yeah, I think with these two signs, they're just kind of like what Mike said, they're like, all right, let's plug you guys in, see if you work. If you do, we'll sign you to a longer term deal. If not, bye-bye. It's just kind of that we'll get you, we'll get stuff for you at the trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they, they potentially, uh, I mean, uh, like we, not to reiterate, but uh, I mean, like we, we know what Zucker can do. We know what Kerfoot can do. Um, Kerfoot's got a two year deal. So I, I, they'll, they're probably at least going to keep him around. They'll keep him around all next season and then probably into the following season. Um, you know, and obviously we'll see what happens there, but yeah, I mean, I'm, it's, it's going to be very interesting, um, you know, and, and you're almost in a can't lose situation with guys like Zucker and, you know, Kerfoot, maybe the following year, like I said, if they, you know, whenever they would possibly trade him, even if you don't keep these guys, you're going to get something decent to help take that next step because it just seems like the coyotes have just been 
kind of floating there for a little while. And I, they've been doing the best that they can, and they've got some young talent uh, that they're, they've been working with. But it's, you know, it's just it's been kind of frustrating for the Coyotes fans, you know, not just the off-ice issues, but the on-ice as well. And so, you know, but they've, they've got a lot of talent. It's just putting it all together and, um, you know, taking some steps forward. A lot of young guys and stuff like that. And obviously Clayton Keller being one of the biggest pieces on that team. So, um, we'll have to see what happens. Alrighty, heading now to Massachusetts. Uh, we're going to talk about the Boston Bruins and coming off of what was a very historic regular season, uh, led to a kind of a postseason fizzle out. And it's a very interesting time uh, to be a, a to be a Bruins fan because you the GM Don Sweeney is going off of the idea that both Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci will not be returning to the Bruins. That is your top two centers on the club that are just going to be gone. Uh, you know, it some right now it looks like Bergeron will possibly be retiring. Krejci, we'll see if he does the same thing here. And, you know, the, it, I think, but basically what I had heard is that Sweeney's basically going to act like they're done. They're not coming back. And they've made four moves so far. Uh, three of these are only one-year contracts, but I just, I mean, they're, they're interesting names, but I just, I don't know how much they're going to help with this. Um, first, they signed James Van Riemsdyk. It was a one-year contract. They brought Milan Lucic back. That one got a ton of attention just because of the idea of Lucic reuniting with the Bees. That is a one-year contract as well. And then they bring in on the back end Kevin Shattenkirk on a one-year contract as well. And they also got Morgan Geeky on a two-year deal um, and a forward uh, that they got from Seattle, that Seattle let go. Uh, Geeky goes to Boston on a two-year deal. So JBR... Lucic, Shattenkirk, and Morgan Geeky are the four names right now that Boston has signed. Guys, what are your thoughts on on any of these moves? I, for me, it's I just I feel like they're gonna be taking a step back. They're gonna take a massive step back because you're losing the two two of the best players on the team. Um, I these are putting band aids on a crack in concrete. Um, because the foundation of the Boston Bruins is cracking and they, they don't have anything to really fill it in. They don't have anything to re-fix it, basically. They're trying to put duct tape over it and hoping that enough duct tape can put can keep concrete together. And it's like, not going to happen. The, this team, James Van Rien's like, fine, but he's not replacing the, the production of David Krejci or Bergeron. Um, none of these players are. They're not even close to the level of Bergeron and, um, uh, oh my God, I just crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I just think for the Boston Bruins is that this free agency marked the beginning of a massive decline. They had their best season ever, best season by any team ever, and they failed miserably and don't expect them to repeat that next year. Patrice Bergeron in this era from, I'll even go with the team that won the cup from then until now, Patrice Bergeron's the most important boss to Bruin. 
numbers he puts up, what he does defensively. He wins the Selkie every freaking year. That's not replaceable. No. David Krejci, you know, offensively on the power play, he'll give you the numbers. Let's add into this. They had to dump Taylor Hall because of where they are at the cap. And Nick Foligno. And Nick Felino's replaced by Van Riemsdyk. I think that's a wash. Right. Yeah. That's or true. even Lucic, if you want to say that's mean to, to, you know. But you bring back a Milan Lucic. Okay, cool. JVR. Okay. I love the Shattenkirk sign because I think Kevin Shattenkirk's still a good defenseman. Morgan Geeky probably fills out your bottom six. Here's where the Bruins lost me. And people are going to say I'm nuts, but the the Flyers were trading Kevin Hayes to the Blues, and it's a deal that went down. With the Flyers retaining half the salary, the Bruins couldn't figure out a way to get that done for Kevin Hayes. Right. You, you That would have been something I'd explore. You, you know, I, I said – I may have said during the live stream yesterday, but I've said it in the group chat. Matt Duchesne signed for $3 million. At least explore that. Yeah. Mark the, Shifley is available for a trade. That's if the Winnipeg thing. retains half, think about it. Well, and, and that's the thing, too. Like, you're not going to be able to re- replace Patrice Bergeron, but you have to replace a, the number one center role with somebody. And right now, I mean, it, it, at this point in time, I don't have the Bruins depth chart in front of me. Who's their number one center? Is it Coyle? Or Pavel Zaka? I'll look Zaka? up, bro. Zaka, Coyle, you, yeah. me, Rene Dupree. You yeah, as cur- currently on the thing, it says Zaka. So, so Zaka, Coyle's probably your number two. And then Geeky's Frederick, your three. Geeky. And, and then Trent Frederick, your four. Patrick Brown. I think does Frederick have to is Frederick have to resign? Um I he let me see here. Frederick. I thought I saw Frederick on here. Uh, he is a um I think he might be an RFA. Um he's listed one more- as a two free agent, but um mm. so but we'll, I, we'll see if they can. I think another it. massive thing to think about for Boston is we saw Linus Allmark have a Vezina worthy regular season. But then the second they got to the postseason, they played the Florida Panthers. That dude, that dude became wet tissue paper. Everything well, he, got by yeah. Well, because he was hurt. Well, okay, then that's on coaching. So you got to get Linus Allmark out of there. Well, that's what people were saying at the time was was Swayman needed to go in probably a game earlier, and that the hesitation to wait on that was costly. Still, for the injury, it's like, come on, you got to do better than that, Linus Salmark. Like, you just have to. And that was another guy that was rumored to go, but apparently, according to Don Sweeney, they're going to go into camp with both him and Swayman. So, yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna change the goaltending. The decor is fine unless unless you move a guy like Brandon Carlo and, and Brandon Carlo becomes expendable 
because you have guys like Grizzlick and Hampus Lindholm, McAvoy, you bring in Shattenkirk. Maybe a Carlo becomes expendable in a deal that could get you a center maybe. I don't know. I, I just I, – I'm very keen on what they do next because they just signed the Posternock deal too. Yeah. So now – Marshand, I believe, is also entering the last year of his deal. So is Marshand – I don't have their cap in front of me, but they, I mean, a lot of this, a lot, they wanted to bring a lot of, they couldn't bring everybody back. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was basically last year was the year we need to go for all of this because to go all in for the cup. That's why they made all these trades and stuff like that for Orlov and Bertuzzi and all these guys, because they knew that, you know, I mean, they're, they're up against the cap and that, you know, after this, it's like it's they gotta. It's not they were not they weren't gonna be able to bring the same team back. Some would say they knew this was brewing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and and we'll see what happens here with the, with bringing Milan Lucic back. I mean, I think that that's you know that's kind of your classic PR move. Oh, hey, remember this guy? You know, I mean, we'll we'll see. He isn't what he was when he left. Um, you know, obviously he signed that big contract with Edmonton and, you know, and then obviously he was with Calgary too, as well. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Was he with the Kings too? Lucic, yeah. Yeah. I, I completely forgot that happened. <laughs> um, yeah, so there you go. But, um, you know, it's cool to see that he's back in Boston, um, and uh, yeah, and but I, I mean he'll be the fourth line left winger probably. We'll see what JVR can do. Um, I'm interested to see what Shanker can do as well. And uh, yeah, we'll see how we'll see what the Bruins look like this upcoming season. That's I I hope for the sake of Bruins fans that they're not done because I I don't love the way this roster totally looks right now at this point. But we'll see. Alrighty. Um, on to my Buffalo Sabres, who made a couple moves on defense yesterday. Um, interesting moves. Um, first, for uh, both uh, right shot defensemen as well, first move that they did was signing Eric Eric Johnson uh, from the Colorado Avalanche uh, to a one-year contract. And then Connor Clifton, who... Speaking of the Bruins, uh, he leaves the Bruins and comes to the Sabres on a three-year contract. So, Eric, here's what I'll say, and I'm curious what you guys have to say about these two moves. I think Eric Johnson, I think, is um, – I, I mean, obviously, for, for me with Johnson, kind of thought after they won the Avalanche won the Cup in 2022 that he was going to retire uh, just because he had been in the game for so long as it was at the time. He didn't retire. He came back this past year. Didn't really do a whole lot point-wise. I, I know he had some assists. I don't think he had a goal this year. Um, but, you know, I mean, getting towards the end of his career, this might be his last season, I'm guessing. Um, he's an older guy. First overall pick in 2006. I think this is very much going to be kind of a mentor role, be a bottom-pairing guy, uh, and be kind of like a leader for, like, some of these – Younger veterans and like a Darlene, obviously power is still on his rookie contract and everything. Um, but I think he can be kind of a mentor and obviously he's, he's got a cup ring. So he's 
gone through that whole journey. With Clifton, this is the answer to Owen Power needs a uh, a line mate. Um, I like the move. Clifton is a very physical defenseman. He's one of the top physical defensemen um, in the league to a certain extent. And I just think, you know, he didn't – he played most of the games last year, but I think, you know, Boston was so deep that, I mean, he was like on the third pairing. So he leaves, goes to a Sabres team. He's playing with Owen Power. He'll get some more ice time. And, um, you know, he, he brings some physicality, which Sabres kind of needed a little bit of more of. And uh, he's a nice defensive defenseman. And point-wise, he put up his best uh, totals of his career last year. So what do you guys think about these two defensemen coming to the Sabres? I, I think both of these signings are just purely what you said. It's, it's more of just – because I think if, I, if you look at the, the Buffalo Sabres right now, I think your forwards, Nate, as far as Buffalo Sabres, I think they're. I think you guys are perfect because you've got Skinner, Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck, Dylan Cousins, Casey Middlestad, Greenway, Oposo, Victor Olson. You guys have so many. They have so many forwards that are ready to break out. Obviously, Tage Thompson has best year. Alex Tuck mm-hmm. had another great year. Jeff Skinner continues to produce on that top line. You know, um, so I think they didn't need any help there. This is just purely shoring up the back end, getting, like you said, getting Darlene and power, some help there, some experience to help out there. And then you either go through the draft or you go through uh, free agency maybe next year as like, okay, let's go get our, the like the defense and that'll be here for a while. Maybe Connor Clifton is one that will be here for a while because you signed him with a three or two year deal. It's a three year deal. So it's a three-year deal. So he's probably there. He's there for a long t- for a long term. Uh, so I think it's just good, kind of s- setting the foundation moves for for Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I like both moves. I'm with you. I thought Eric Johnson would have retired after the Avs won the Cup. He didn't. I also would have kind of enjoyed the fact of he played the bulk of his career in Colorado, so it would have made sense. Right. Um, Clifton, I, listen, again, I don't mind. Either one, mentors or, you know, helping a Darlene and a power develop, there's nothing wrong with that. The one thing I'll say, and we, we've talked about it at nauseum, Nate, through text or a group messaging, Goalie. Yeah. Goalie, 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 goalie. And I'm not saying it has to be a stud. Just someone who could work with Devin Levi until he's ready to take the reins of the net. We'll see what they're going to do in net. Adams taught, had a press conference today, and he basically said that he's fine going into the season with Levi and Lukanen. I don't know if I – I don't totally love that idea. I feel like you need to have a veteran in there. And, I mean, if he's comfortable, I'm not comfortable. I, they should have done something. And that was my fear was that the organization's comfortable and the fans aren't. And that's kind of where it seems like that is right now. And um, one thing I'll say to um, – uh, with Eric Johnson uh, when he was interviewed, I guess he grew up because uh, he grew up in Minnesota with uh, Kyle Oposo. I guess they were friends mm-hmm. since they were like eight. 
So, um, so there's, there's the connection there. And then with Clifton, he uh, was coached by Granado when Clifton was part of the U S development program. So kind of some insider stuff in there too. Um, We'll see how they do Johnson. Like I said, bottom pairing guy, uh, Clifton's the one that I'm interested by. He's probably going to be playing with power. We'll see how that works as a duo. And, um, I mean, it's, it's playoffs are bust this year. I mean, that there's no doubt about it. You missed by a win. You got to make it this year. You have to make it this year. Um, and uh, hopefully you can go from there, but alrighty. So, uh, so if they don't make, you're going to blow it up, Nate. No, well, no, but you know, I mean, if if you if they if they miss again, obviously it'll be a disappointment because that there's no step forward then. Mm-hmm. But in any case, we will see what happens, and we'll see obviously with with uh, in regards to any of these teams, we'll see if they make any more moves or uh, whether this is kind of it. A lot of uh, you know crucial names still out there. But all right, sticking with the East Eastern Conference, uh, we've got the Carolina Hurricanes. And no, I remember you had said uh, before we started recording that you were kind of impressed by what the by what this team did. Um, first of all, they brought back not just one but both goalies that they had last year uh, in Freddie Anderson and Auntie Ranta. Uh, so both resign. Uh, but talking about the new acquisitions, um, this kind of caught me a little bit off guard. I mean, I understand why they're like attractive as a free agent destination. But I know that I had heard rumors with uh, Demi- D- defenseman Dmitry Orlov who signed with the hurricanes, a two-year contract. I had originally heard that he was either going to be coming back to Washington or sticking in Boston. And it turns out that that was neither of the above. It was going to be uh, a new team in Carolina. Great move. In my opinion, um, it's for multiple years. He's great. Um, I, was especially impressed by his game when he was in Boston. Obviously, he had a lot of talent around him, too, but he really stepped up to the plate as a new acquisition for them. And then also for Carolina, Michael Bunting. Uh, there was a lot of talk that Bunting probably was not going to be back with the Leafs after kind of how the playoffs were and how everything kind of was with that whole situation over uh, in Leafs country. Bunting signs a three-year contract with Carolina. So new acquisitions at this point in time. Orlov two-year deal on the back end and Michael Bunting forward three-year contract. And obviously Anderson are out to return thoughts on what Carolina has done guys. I, I think Carolina has won the free agency so far because you, you bring back both your goalies. So you keep that goalie pairing alive, which is a great two. It's not, it's a two way street. If for some reason you don't, you're not in it next year, for some reason, everything goes wrong with someone like that. Maybe if maybe you throw a Ronta or a Freddie Anderson out to the trade market at the trade deadline, say, hey, what would someone like for one of these two goalies? They you know, could be a really good backup goalie if you have like a star or a goalie if yours gets hurt, something like that. But then you also know that if Freddie Anderson can't go, you know, Auntie Ronta can really give you a great performance as well. So you keep both of those, which is just insane to me thinking. I thought for sure, Michael and I talked about this on the – the live stream, we thought for sure one of them was at least gone. Right. Well, cause you have a, a pretty solid goalie in the farm system too. Right. So. so we thought at least one of them was going, but no, they keep both of them. And well, then well, Ronta only has a one year, one year contract. I think Freddie Anderson, I think his is two years. But still for the next year, like Carolina is in a mo in an, in an era where it needs to win now. 
Like it's trying to go for a cup every year. You add Michael Bunting, who's who's great value for the money that you got him at. But for me, the thing that puts it over the top, you had a defensive core of Jacob Slavin, Brent Burns, Brett Pesci, Brady Shea, and uh, Jalen Shatfield. And now you throw Dmitry Orlov in there. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that defense rotation is insane. You're talking about a guy last year who had 30 points in 66 games, who had a plus 12 plus or minus. I know that stats kind of, it feels like it's not that important, but when you are that high on the plus minus, that, that's, and you're throwing that on this defensive core. Come on. That's, well, that's I mean, just, that's just, that's all that feels like cheating at that point. One of these next couple years, I feel like we're going to see Carolina back in the cup final. It's been a long oh, time. Oh, it's got to be. They're right there. They, they are. Really. They are legitimately right there. Let's be totally frank. People want to make fun of what Rob Brendamore said after Florida swept them. Let's be real honest. He was not wrong in what he said. Those yeah, things were all coin tosses. Yeah, yeah. A bounce here, a bounce there. It's Carolina playing Vegas in the Stanley Cup final, not the Florida Panthers. And and you and you, we talk about this, and they did it without one of their best players. Yeah, in Sveshnikov. And and they had signed Max Pacioretty to help them as well. He wasn't there. And he wasn't there. So it's like you 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 did this. You were in it. With, you were in all those games with Florida, and you were missing two of your best players. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, you know, Noah's right. We talked about the Anderson Ronta thing. I, I thought someone was going to pay Ronta a little bit more to say, hey, be the backup here. And then they would have rolled with Anderson and Kachekov. But they, they decided against that. And, and I'm not going to sit here and blame them. They've done great things there in Carolina. Yeah. Why mess with it? It's why working. mess with it? Orlov coming in great. Also, apparently they're not out on Eric Carlson. That that was the news that we saw on the on the um uh on the live stream that blew our minds. We're like, how are they still in on Eric Carlson? How are you doing this? Why are you still doing this? You, if, they're, they're, they're gonna have to get rid of one of those big defensemen, right? Like either a Burns well, or a or a Slavin. Uh, Pesci, I know, is available. Pesci, probably. Well, because Shea least, might be available. It, well, yeah. at least with at least with Pesci, because I know there there has been rumors about their contract talks or whatever, or maybe trading them. At least if you if you if you have Pesci as part of that contract, uh, part of that deal for Eric Carlson, um, it's the uh, it's at least both right hand for right hand. Um, so there's that anyway. The the other part is they also brought back Jordan Stahl yeah. and Jesper Fast. Yeah. Yeah. Who who symbol who embodies being a hurricane more than Jordan Stahl? Yeah. Nobody. It's like, it's like you could have looked at this team going into this offseason and been like, oh man, Carolina could take a massive hit this year. Like, like, like just say imagine like. And they they lose Jesper Faust, Ronta, and they don't get Dmitry Orlov. Say those three. You're you're looking at this team like, ooh, they took some hits this year, but they didn't lose anybody, and they got better. It's like how, and they bring in a guy like Michael Bunting. Now this wasn't the guy I thought they'd go get. I thought they were going to be more in the, like the 
Alex Kalorn territory. Battler, guy net front kind of plays that style. Bunting kind can do that too. Yeah. So you have that. Here's the most important thing Carolina has to do this this summer. Their most important player, and I said this to Nell on the live stream and I'm on the record, the most underappreciated superstar in the NHL is Sebastian Ajo. You have to lock him up. Yep. Yep. you got to figure that out. Because I'm not going into next year with Sebastian Ajo, a free agent. You can't have Montreal try to get him again. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Noah. (laughs) If only, if only, my God, Montreal would be ready for that, for it at that point. Also, I want to back the truck. Did you call me Michael before? I know. I I don't know. He did. did. You know what it is? You know what it is, Mike? So a little, little thing here. So at my work, there's two guys, both named Michael. There's Mike, Michael Snuffer, who's my uh, uh, news director. And then there's Michael Bowling, who's my um, uh, chief meteorologist. So I had to separate the two of them by calling one Michael and one Mike. So I'm saying Michael way more than I did before. So it just kind of slipped in there. There are very few people in the world who call me Michael. I'm used to it. Yeah, because I always because now I because now to separate them in conversations, I always call Mike my news director and Michael my chief. So I Michael just kind of slips in there a little bit. (laughs) I I don't even call him Mike. I call my I call him Rifkin. Well, to, to be totally honest, backstory, that's what people called me when I went to school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, even teachers, not Mike, not Mike. It's Rifkin. Yeah. I, I, well, I've always called you Mike, though. I feel like I've I've called you Mike more than that's Mike. That's fine. So, you so it's not call as me much whatever as you want. I, I've always felt that when someone calls me Michael, I feel like I'm talking to my parents. <laughs> Michael, you're in trouble. Michael, go do the dishes now. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Michael, you, you finish your podcast until you finish doing the chores. I, I, I saw I saw your face when I said Michael, and I'm like, oh, that felt weird even to me. <laughs> yeah, it felt weird. It felt weird on this side, too. <laughs> but, yeah, um, that, that's why that happens. What one one thing I'll say I, I uh, just going back to the Eric Carlson thing because I, if they manage to pull that off I think they're winning the cup next year. <laughs> um, it Pesci has to be probably part of that. They're gonna probably have to give up another asset. There is some form of assets or whatever because I don't know what their cap situation is. I'm guessing they're not going to be able to take that full thing on in any sense. Um, so I don't know what percentage of the term you take, if it's half, um, but man, to have Brent Burns and Eric Carlson reunite in Carolina, that'd be nuts. They are, and and they're going to get Svechnikov back at some point this year. Yeah. Like they're just adding fuel to this fire and they are just, they are the team. And here's the thing. No one's going to talk about them going into the season, even despite them being right on the preface of something special. Yeah. Because they they don't garner the headlines. 
They just don't. But they go out, they do their job, and they want find themselves in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. You know, so they work hard. Rod Brindmore, I, I made the case yesterday. He's definitely a top two or three coach in the league. Oh, for, no, no question. You know, it's for me, the top two are probably him and John Cooper. Yeah. And that's not a knock on other coaches. It's just how you get your teams to respond. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's not knocking other coaches. It's giving them the more praise that they deserve. Yeah. So, alrighty. Alrighty. Um, Moving on now from the Carolina hurricanes, we're going to go to the Chicago Blackhawks who didn't really do so much in free agency. Um, a lot of their other moves they had kind of made before free agency happened. Um, obviously, the biggest move that they're going to make this entire offseason, uh, Connor Bedard, who they drafted first overall in this uh, past draft. Um, obviously, going that he is going to be the story for this upcoming season for the Blackhawks. Um, so you have Bedard and then obviously uh, making the trade, an original six trade between Chicago and Boston. Um with uh, Taylor Hall and Nick Feligno uh, going to Chicago. Uh, that's going to be very interesting. I imagine we probably see uh, Taylor Hall on the line with Bedard for sure. That is going to be really fun to watch. Um, yeah. And then also uh, not to, you know, and then Nick Feligno also signed. Uh, he, he was a free agent, a uh, pending free agent, but he uh, signed with Chicago. So Bedard, Taylor Hall, Nick Foligno, and they also traded for Corey Perry as well. So, yeah, uh, I, I really like what Chicago did this offseason. Not as much as Carolina, but I definitely really like what Chicago did. Obviously, they kind of they kind of got artificial artificially boosted by the Connor Bedard getting to draft Connor Bedard. So it wasn't like it was. It's not like a free agency thing. It's more of just a draft thing. But I love the Nick Foligno and uh, Taylor Hall. Uh, uh, trade. How many years does Taylor Hall have left on his deal? Is he, uh, he just have one year left? I, I, I think it's more. Um, one thing. One thing I didn't mention yet either. Uh, obviously, talking about the moves that they had already done before free agency started. Uh, they do have one free agent move at this point in time. Uh, they signed Ryan Donato to a two-year contract. Okay, so, uh, so uh, sorry, let me, let me cut you off, mate. Uh, so. Uh, Taylor Hall has one more year after this one. So he's got two years left. So he's got two years at six million. At six million. So I, I love Taylor Hall going there. I love Nick Felino going there. I, I even love Donato. I think he's been a very underrated player that he does he's not a very flashy, not a very high stats guy, but he gets production. He always is in there. Um so I, I think to go from obviously, I mean, we don't know what's gonna happen. Obviously, we know Kane's, I think, done with Chicago. Uh, Jonathan Taze, still don't know yet. Don't know if he's retiring. If maybe he'll give it another shot in Chicago. Maybe he'll. No, go- it, it won't be in Chicago. It'd be somewhere else. Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah the way he took so- that lap in that last game. Yeah, yeah. So the way he took that lap. So it's either maybe he'll take a shot somewhere else. Maybe to get one more cup in him, or he's probably retiring at this point because he's already got his lock for the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, so I think their skaters are absolutely fine for Chicago. I think they'll be a fun team to watch next year. I think they could surprise a lot of people next year by, I don't think there'll be a playoff team, but they could be that team that, you know, I always say this, this is the surprise of it's the, it's like 
two weeks left in the season and Chicago could like, like a couple more wins and a couple more losses to another team. They could squeak into a playoff spot like that sort of thing. Um, um One, one thing that I, that I want to ask, because I had seen a report that, that Kane's not going to possibly sign with anybody until mid season, just because he had the hip surgery and everything like that. He's not going to be ready for the beginning of the year. Do you think he would want to, try to play on a line with Bedard for a year, maybe just for fun. Um, imagine what a Hall Bedard Kane line would look like. I, I want see the problem is, is I wonder if Kane, it depends on where, what his priorities are. Does he want to win again or does he only care about the money and maybe going back to Chicago? Um, or does he contemplate retirement? We don't know. He's not retiring. He's at he's not, yeah, level. Oh, he's already said he's not. He would have. He would have re- retired. He would have done it by now okay, with the hip enough. surgery. Um. So I don't know that. I think if I had to put a percent on that, I'd say 50-50 chance maybe that happens. Um. But see, the problem with Chicago though is they they need to figure out their goalie situation. They're another. Yeah, Pierre is not the guy. Yeah, because. That's exactly right, Mike. And so, yeah, so they need to figure out their goal. They're, you know, they're another team that needs to figure out their goalie situation. So this is going to be a year of Connor Bedard, Taylor Hall, Nick Foligno start building chemistry together, and they need to figure out the whole in-net situation. They also have to figure out the blue line as well because when they were good and they were really good, it was not just Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook. It was Johnny Oduya and Nicholas Jalmerson. It was an unbeknown yet Nick Letty. Those guys were important to the Hawks when they were winning. So that's something else they have to figure out. Nate, to answer your question on Kane, I would have tried to figure that out last year before they traded him then. Yeah. Well, he didn't want to stay, though. Right. So he didn't want to stay, but he's going to come back just to play half a year or whatever it is with Bedard. They're not a playoff Again, team. It's, it's a prior. It's a priorities thing. It, we we don't know what. But this. if he wants to win, that's not the spot. I well, but that but that goes back to the priorities thing. What right. is the priority? Hundred percent. So. Now, I like the Felino and Hall pickup because Hall and especially if Taylor Hall could stay healthy. Yeah. If yeah. Taylor Hall could stay healthy, he, he's so dynamic. I like the Corey Perry edition. Mm-hmm. And because, again, kind of like Cologne with the Ducks, veteran leader, guy who's been there, done that. It's not an issue for me. I, I like Corey Perry as well. And that's yeah. a guy, again, trade deadline. You're going to net something for Corey Perry. Yeah. All righty. Moving now to the Colorado Avalanche. Obviously, uh, interesting to see what they were going to do. Uh, won the cup in 2022. Um, did not make it past the first round, uh, the, uh, rebounding from winning the cup. So, uh, interesting to see what they would do in response to that. And they made a couple interesting moves. Um, so, they signed Miles Wood to a six year contract. So, Miles Wood leaves the New Jersey Devils and goes to the Avs uh, on a six year deal. And Jonathan Druin signs a one-year contract with the Avalanche as well. So uh, for those who do not know, uh, 
Nathan McKinnon and Jonathan Druin played together on a line for the Halifax Mooseheads uh, back in junior hockey before they would eventually both get drafted uh, in the 2013 NHL draft. Cool. With, um, you go, go ahead. No, I just say I, I'm just being, I'm just being sarcastic and just say cool because well, I think well, yeah. Mike knows my feelings on Jonathan Drouin and well, oh, so happy to see him go. Well, you know, I, well, and and that's the thing too is that you know you weren't the biggest fan of Drouin in Montreal, and I mean, you go back to when he was picked as a top pick in 2013. I mean, he was with the Tampa Bay Lightning and. We all kind of know how that worked out too over there with that whole situation. Yeah, so um, he's he's just been a major disappointment. Like every time you think he gets a little bit of momentum, it just gets cut out from under him. Whether it's injury or his own doing, it just doesn't play well. It's like I, this this finally was a season. I'm like, oh, Jonathan Druin's up. Just let him go. I, just let him go. He's not worth keeping on the books. Let's fill that spot with a young wing or. And we got it, which we'll get to when we get to Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. And and maybe playing with McKinnon. Well, I know, I don't know if he's going to play with McKinnon, but maybe just being around McKinnon will maybe help. Maybe. I mean, again, these guys were close, you know, they were top prospects, uh, obviously, when they were drafted back in 2013 for, for Halifax. So, I mean, maybe maybe something can help. I'm sure McKinnon put his two cents in with uh, Sackick. And I know – Keep I keep it's uh forgetting that Sackick's no longer the GM there. Um he's just the president of hockey operations now. But 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 that management team in general in Colorado, um, you know, McKinnon was able to maybe work something out to get Drew in there. So we'll see what he's able to do. Um I I know there weren't I mean, with Drew and it's a one year deal, so if that doesn't work out, he hits the market again. Uh, with Miles Wood, it's a very interesting contract. Obviously, the term's very interesting. They did commit six years to him. And I did see a few uh, in, uh, hockey reporters kind of question that contract for Miles Wood. Uh, so I guess uh, like Mike or, and Noah, I mean, really whoever wants to talk about this idea, um, what are we thinking here with the Miles Wood contract? I mean, do we think it's too much term? Do we think it's a good amount? How do we feel about Miles Wood being there for six years? On a day where term really didn't matter because you're looking more at one- and two-year deals, you get a six-year. Uh, you got to like the player if you're going to give him six years. So they sacrifice term for money because he's only making about $2 million per year, a little more, a little less. I, I like it actually. I, I like Miles Wood as a player. Brings some speed, tenacity to a Colorado team that can kind of the speed they don't need, but the tenacity they could use. And I'm not saying they got pushed around by Seattle in the first round, but they can use that. That's my a guy like Miles Wood will infuse energy on that bottom six. I, I like the player. I, I know there's been criticisms of him when it comes to penalties and some other things, but if he plays his game and, and there's no better place than Colorado because you're not going to be relied upon to be the guy. Now to the point on Jonathan Drouin, if anyone's going to unlock the talent that Jonathan Drouin has, it's Nathan McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that they may not play together, Nate, like you said, 
but just being in the same building in the same locker room that's important here someone who can always i got your back man you know so maybe yeah. nathan doesn't even call him jonathan maybe he calls him johnny you know maybe jonathan Jordan doesn't like to be called jonathan noah you know what do you know well some someone put a line together of uh, Druin on the left wing and basically Druin McKinnon Rantanen. That's a pretty good line. A very interesting line for sure. So, um, so yeah, but we'll have to see. We'll see what uh, how Druin does now going to Colorado, um, and, and, and Miles Wood as well. So, all right, going to the Dallas Stars now. Uh, they. Uh, only signed one-year deals. Uh, they've signed three people to one-year contracts. Um, and they're interesting names here. First, we'll go with uh, Craig Smith. He signs a one-year contract to go to Dallas. The biggest name of the three uh, who also signed a one-year contract, Matt Duchesne. Uh, so obviously there was the whole thing about Duchesne uh, no longer going to be with Nashville. Stays in the West uh, and it leaves Texas and goes to Tennessee instead. Goes to uh, or no, the other way around. Goes to from Tennessee to Texas, um, and uh, signs a one-year deal with the Dallas Stars. And also um, another guy who they got is uh, Sam Steele from the Minnesota Wild on a one-year contract. Um, we obviously talked about Duchesne as, you know, why didn't the Bruins – I mean, maybe the Bruins did look into this option and it just didn't work out for them. But uh, Duchesne does not go to Boston. He goes to Dallas. And you get him, you get Craig Smith, and you get Sam Steele. What do we think about what uh, the Stars got so far in free agency? Can I just go on Duchesne first? Sure. Okay. Matt Duchesne. Gives the Dallas Stars now. Rupe Hints, Duchesne, Tyler Sagan, Wyatt Johnston. Those are their four centers. Yeah. And then I'm throwing in Jason Robertson, Joe Pavelski, Jamie Benn. Not Heiskin because he's on the back. The Dallas Stars might have the best group of forwards in the entire NHL. They might have it. Definitely interesting. And by the way, here's a proclamation on July 2nd. If they get another defenseman to kind of fill out the top four and they bump Ryan Suter down a slot, they might be the best team in the Western Conference. I'm a believer in the Dallas Stars. Craig Smith will give them some snarl, some toughness which every lineup kind of needs. Duchesne's going to give them skill. And I, I'm kind of intrigued with what they do here with Duchesne. Because uh, do you move maybe a Sagan to the wing? Do you consider is one of the wingers available for something else? I'm intrigued by Dallas, man. I really am. Yeah, I'm just going to echo everything Mike said. I, I think the Duchesne signing – really puts Dallas into a much better position than they were even last year. You throw him with that center depth and those wings and Jake Ottinger as your goalie. And, you know, yeah, Dallas is ready. Yeah. Hey, I mean, 
There, there was uh, we talked about Carolina earlier. I, there was one point where I thought we were going to get a Cup final this year of Carolina Dallas. Could get that next year. You never know. With the way they the way their off seasons have gone, yeah, maybe that would be that's a very interesting duo uh, if if there was going to be a Cup final. But yeah, I, I like the moves that Dallas did too. I, I mean, Duchesne. I mean, like, I mean. Mike, you really put it in perspective, the the idea of just all the forwards that they have, and it's just all the talent and just we'll see how it meshes because that's the key with all this too. Got to have that chemistry too. It's not just about the skill. Yeah. We see it. We saw it with, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure I've, I haven't brought it up in a long time, but uh, Gretzky and Brett Hall in St. Louis, two hockey Hall of Famers. They did not mesh in St. Louis. And here's the thing. Pete DeBoer is smart enough to where he's not going to mess with Hintz, Pavelski, and Roberts. And, like, that'll stay together. Now, if you want to move someone off to the wing, maybe maybe a Wyatt Johnston and and a Duchesne play together. Or I can move Sagan to the wing and see how Sagan and Duchesne can play together. He has options. It's really – Interesting. And then you add in what they have on the back end with Amiro Haskin in. Uh, Hanley re-signed. There's been talks about Ryan Suter, you know, on a potential buyout that hasn't happened yet. But they're still in the market for a defenseman. And then Jake from State Farm is a pretty good goalie himself. Like, despite at times him playing poorly in the playoffs, I just think they overworked him a little bit. Mm-hmm. This team, they are care. They are. You said, "What if they in Carolina play in the final?" They're like Carolina. They're on the doorstep in right. the Western Conference. The problem is the Western Conference is really loaded. Yeah, because yeah. you still got to go through Colorado. You still got to go through Seattle. Had a great you know season last year. Vegas won the cup. Vegas won the, the LA cup. Kings are really good. Oh, by the way, if I'm thinking logically alphabetical order the next team has the best player on the planet and another top 10 player in the top five or top five yeah yeah well the one with the best player on the planet we're not actually talking about on on this episode because they didn't do anything really um but but yeah see connor even though we're not talking about you i brought you up yeah if you ever want to hop on connor just let me know we're, this is the Edmonton Oilers talk for this episode because they have not made any free agents. Connor, my people will get in touch with your people, and then. Uh, oh, you want to? Do you want to play on a wing with McDavid? You kidding? I'm scoring. I'm scoring. Tw- I know you I might would. hit thirty on that wing. Yeah. You, me, and McDavid. Let's see how many goals each of us can get. McDavid <laughs> will still get a hundred points, and he might just have a hundred goals. Yeah. <laughs> man all right well all right so yeah so we'll we'll see if dallas does anything else or if they're if they're pretty much done at this point um now we're going to talk about probably one of the most talked about teams um and it's been back and forth from what i've seen i've seen criticisms about what they've done i've seen praise and there's i guess there's a lot of questions about whether you believe in the Yeiser plan or not. And so we talk about the Detroit Red Wings. 
they made a lot of moves. They made a lot of moves. Numbers-wise, they, they, the quantity is there. Is the quality going to be there is the real question. And this is what happens with Detroit, and we did this last year because that's what they did last year. They signed David Perron. They signed Kubalik from Chicago. They get all these different guys, and then they didn't really take that next step or as much of a step as some people thought they were going to take. And now we go back to the Iser plan for this offseason, and this is where we get into the free agency stuff. And we start with Justin Hull, so who is with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He leaves Toronto. He signs a three-year contract. What I will say on Justin Hull, he was not really well-liked by a lot of fans in Leafland. He, there, there are people that claim that he was misused when he was in Toronto, but he definitely had his fair share of critics uh, in Toronto. Again, Leaf fans, Leafs media, there's quite a bit of criticism uh, in general uh, just with the market, but Hull was not, uh, was not a popular guy for a lot of Leaf fans and Leafs media over there. Leaves, goes to Detroit, gets a three-year contract. Clem Costin, who the Red Wings got, uh, that was part of the Yamamoto trade with Edmonton, correct? I think so. Yamamoto they got rid of, but they kept Costin. Yeah, you were, but that was the Yamamoto trade. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know if you cut out for a second because I didn't hear you right away, but I, I okay, we clear that up. All right, so Clem Costin signs a two-year contract with the Red Wings, but they obviously had they uh, locked him up after trading for him with Edmonton. They signed James Reimer to a one-year contract, so there's one position that's in that. Obviously, already having Billy Huso in that as well, who they got last year. That's another guy they got last year. Um, Daniel Sprong, who I'm honestly surprised did not stay with Seattle. Um, he goes to Detroit. He gets a one-year contract. JT Comfer, this is the deal that got the most term out of everybody that Detroit signed anyway. JT Comfer leaves the Colorado Avalanche and goes to the Detroit Red Wings on a five-year contract. So Comfer is locked up long-term for the Wings. And then uh, so far, they uh, the last couple deals they've made, uh, they've only been one-year contracts. Uh, they get Shane Gostisbehere in a one-year deal on the back end, and then they get Christian Fisher, who was not brought back to Arizona. He signs a one-year deal with the Red Wings as well. So just to recap here, because there's seven guys' names in front of me for Detroit, Justin Hull, Clem Costin, James Reimer, Daniel Sprong, J.T. Comfer, Shane Gostisbehere, and Christian Fisher. And I know there was also talk as well that Alex Lyon left the Florida Panthers as well and signed a deal with Detroit as well. So that's another goalie that was added to this as well. Uh, but by my eye, um, not including Lyon in here, your goalies probably for this upcoming season are going to be Huso and Reimer. Which, and, um, make, make of that what you will. Uh, so I will... Uh, Ask both of you, do you believe in the ICER plan? I, if I think you said earlier, Nate, that for the Buffalo Sabres playoff or bust, we've got to see something from the Detroit Red Wings this year, because I feel like we've been saying this ever since the podcast started 
of the Detroit Red Wings made moves this year. Okay, they got Dylan Larkin. They got the star. They got this. They got that. They got. When are we going to see the actual improvement of the Detroit Red Wings? Because you said a lot of names there. Really, the only one that I think is impressive is Gossespair. I like that for Detroit. But if we don't see any improvement this year, maybe we've got to think about changing something. Because we 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 praise Yeiserman every single year. And we praise him for what he did for Tampa. We praise him what he did for Tampa. And it's like, okay, but what have you done for Detroit lately there, Yeiserman? So far, nothing. Everything you've done has fallen through. So, and, and the thing is, is that the rumors that I had seen literally a couple days before free agency, I mean, there was talk that O'Reilly, that there was a good chance Ryan O'Reilly, and we'll get to where he actually went. Uh, but there was talk that Ryan O'Reilly was going to, possibly sign with Detroit because he he was really good friends with David Perron who Detroit had signed last year in free agency and you know I'm just imagining what a top two center duo would be of O'Reilly and Larkin or if you want to flip those and it's Larkin and O'Reilly's the number two center whatever the case having a one-two punch of Ryan O'Reilly and Dylan Larkin that absolutely would have been awesome if they would have been able to make that work especially with all these other guys that they got around them and everything like that. But as we'll get to, that was not in the cards. O'Reilly did not go to Detroit, as I would have mentioned him already on this list. Um, And the biggest move they made, um, one of the biggest moves that they made, is they got JT Comfer for a five-year contract. And JT Comfer isn't Ryan O'Reilly. He's a very good forward. Um was a big significant part in the depth of why Colorado won the cup in 2022. But JT Comfort is not Ryan O'Reilly. He's not. And you, I mean, it, it's good. They got him. He's cause he's a good player. They got him for five years, you know, and some of these other guys, I mean, Sprong was good with Seattle. He gets a one-year contract. Gostas bear, obviously. No, you mentioned that you liked that move. It's a one-year deal, but they got him. But None of these moves are really like, we're ready. We're ready for the next step here. Nothing. I'm looking at what's in net. Reimer and Huso. It could be good. Not great. And I just, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed by what they've done. And look, I mean, if they prove me wrong, they prove me wrong. I'll... It wouldn't be the first time that I've been proven wrong, but, you know, it, it just – I look at this list and it's just not – this doesn't say, yeah, they're, they're ready. They're ready to to make that step and make the playoffs next year. I hate the goaltending situation. Um, last year was Uso and the, the Delkovich. Neither one played great. Now you go out and get James Reimer. Again, doesn't scare me. Alex Lyon played well in the absence of Bobrovsky at times, but he's not a, a, a number one goaltender. So you're going into the season, I think, with three number twos. And who's, uh, who had his best season in St. Louis when he was really a part of a duo with Jordan Bennington, who also hasn't been great. But that's all another conversation. They were the one, they're the one team. I wonder. I'm not even going to throw the name Carter Hart out there. They have the space. 
John Gibson. Make it work with Anaheim and go get yourself John Gibson. And then you get Gibson and Huso, which is better than what you got now. The defense, I like the addition of Goss Despair when you add that with Moritz Sider and the other guys they have on the back end. And, Nate, I disagree with you on Comfort because I, I, I think when you – you're right on the O'Reilly part. He's not O'Reilly. But I'm not even going to look at it from that vantage point. I'm going to look at it from this one. If I can go Larkin, Comfort, Cop, and that's the order of the three – any order of three – that's pretty good. Talking about That's center depth? Center depth is pretty good. Uh, now, isn't I he not? Isn't Comfort not a center? I think well, he I might be versatile. No, I think he's, he's versatile, I think. Versatile. You know, so I think they have an opportunity here to do some things. Now, the question comes back to, for me, the goaltending, which I don't think is that good. Are they waiting for the kid they drafted a couple of years ago from Sweden? I don't know. Nikosa. Wasn't it Wallstead or is that Minnesota? That's Wallstead, I think it's Minnesota. Kosa was uh, drafted a few years ago. I think in twenty. Uh, that might be the guy. Um, but here's here's uh, not to cut you off, but what was one of the most talked about names uh, for netminders possibly getting moved like for the last week or two or longer? Hellebuck. Hellebuck. Why were they not in on that? Who's who's to say they're not? He hasn't been moved yet. I know, but um, let's get it done. But, but you also got to remember in terms of Hellebuck, you're not just giving up pieces for him. You also then have to pay him eight nine million dollars, which and he's got to want to and he's got to want to and he's going to want to have to go there now. Luckily for them, he was a Michigan guy. Yeah, so they may have an, an advantage there. Here's the other part of that: Winnipeg has to be willing to deal him right now. And from what I've heard from Elliot Friedman, is that's not a front burner thing for them. Why not? I don't know, but it's not. But I do think they have to look in that area because that goaltending, whether it's Gibson, Hellebuck, Chris Oz, good returns, I don't know. They got to figure that out. Well, and, and I mean, may, then maybe Gibson makes sense because at least you have the, the term already there because that contract's already been signed when he was in Anaheim. So, I mean, I, I guess that that would be an easier one to do maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean with, with uh, you know, and, and with Hellebuck, every single time I hear about him possibly getting moved, it always seems like it's New Jersey is the team that gets talked about. So maybe he ends up being a devil when that time comes, who knows, but alrighty, we'll see what happens with Detroit. All right, we got to talk about the uh, team that came out of the Eastern Conference uh, in this past Stanley Cup final. We got the Florida Panthers. So obviously not winning the Cup. This was their second appearance, but they, uh, you know, they made some interesting moves, uh, you know, so far in the offseason. They get Oliver Ekman Larson on a one-year contract. Uh, They bring Dmitry Kulikov back on a one-year deal. 
the the most term that they would give out at least so far they give a four-year contract to evan rodriguez so good for rodriguez that he gets uh he gets a nice term deal uh so he'll be in florida for the foreseeable future and then uh mike a uh, defenseman who you got to know for part of last year uh nico mccullough uh, as you know he was part of that uh, tarasenko trade uh from st louis to the rangers uh, McCola leaves the Rangers and goes to the Panthers on a three-year contract. Three yeah. out of these four moves are for defensemen, so that's a very interesting uh, thing. Obviously, Ekman Larson going there, Kulikov, two veterans right there. McCola, kind of a younger guy, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Mid-20s. Okay, so, you know, it hasn't quite hit his prime yet. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and then obviously Rodriguez being the big forward acquisition for the team, getting them on a four-year contract. Guys, thoughts on what Florida did to, uh, to you know, for the guys they brought in? My, my favorite move they made is Mikola. Uh, steady on the back end for the Rangers when he came over in the Tarasenko deal, playing with Braden Schneider. Uh, big, could be physical, won't provide much offense, but – Ekblad and Montour got that covered for them uh, right. at the back end. I don't, I don't love the Oliver Ekman Larson deal. I don't. Um, I don't know if it was the situation in Vancouver or what. He looks to me, he looks done and washed. Yeah. So if Florida can enrich in him somehow, great. But I, I think you're working with a spare part. Um, Rodriguez, good player. Uh, I think he got exposed a little bit in Colorado where when he was effective in Pittsburgh, he didn't have to be a number two center. He was playing behind Gino and Crosby. And that's kind of where he might have to fit here in Florida to become that number three center, kind of where they had Eric Stahl this year. So they get younger in that spot. Yeah. With a little bit more offensive flair. So that's not a bad signing. My question for them is what's the status of Matthew to Chuck coming into the season? Mm. Because we heard the sternum injury. I don't, if he's out for a long period of time to start next year, they might be in trouble. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think more importantly than all those uh, free agent deals, they I think again they're just fine. They're not exactly mind blowing. They're not exactly league changing. It's more a Matthew Kachuk. Is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be ready to go for the season? If not, yeah, Florida's in some deep, deep trouble. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my take on the Florida. Is just their signings are just kind of meh. They happened. Yep. All right. Um, going back out west, uh, we got to talk about the LA Kings, who made two, who haven't really done a whole lot, um, at least with the with the signings that I've got in front of me here. Um, two of them were goalie. On top of that, so um, and and from what I see, at least for the ones I wrote down, these these are all one year contracts as well. So the Kings sign Cam Talbot to a one-year contract. So that's one of the goalies that they have locked up now for this next season. Um, they would bring it back Trevor Lewis, obviously a significant forward for them when they won both of their cups in 
2012 and 2014. Sorry, Mike, for that last one. Um, but Lewis gets locked up on a one-year contract with the Kings. And then they also get their second goalie uh, in David Riddick, who is on a one-year contract um, here with the Kings as well. So Cam Talbot, Trevor Lewis, David Riddick, Riddick. Uh, those are the names that L.A. signed, at least so far this offseason. Um, guys, really, any thoughts here with this? I mean, Trevor Lewis obviously goes back uh, to where, where he won two cups with L.A. Familiar situation, obviously knows a lot of the leaders there. Um, he could be a leader himself. And then, uh, I mean, the, the goalies are bleh, they're guys that fill the net. I mean, that's a camp. That's what. Camp Talbot, I mean, he's not, he's okay. And Riddich is even less okay. I mean, what do we think here? Yeah, they need a real goalie. They, 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 listen, when they made the PLD trade, I was just like, go go even bigger. Add PLD and Hellebuck. Let, let's go. Let's roll. Are we, are we not? Um, hold on. Let me, let me just make sure I'm getting the right stats here on, on this guy. All right, well. Well, 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 you're you're making sure that uh, a note on Trevor Luce, though I believe I saw from Elliot Friedman he's close to a thousand games so that might be one of the bigger things why the and then this 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 will possibly be his last season then maybe yeah so so he's on he's close to a thousand games so the, I think that's why the Kings did it you're right on the goaltending their move was Dubois yeah of that, course that's the move and. Listen, if they're going to expect themselves to just be really good defensively and not think the goaltending matters, I mean, the goaltending's going to matter. What do, what do we what do we think about uh, Phoenix Copley, the guy they had at the end of the season, who went twenty four and six and three? To me, for this team, you need a game changer in goal. Especially when you're going to play as tight as they do. They went, again, they're similar, excuse me, to the Islanders. They don't win games four to one, five to one. They have to win three to two, two to one. That's how they're built systematically. So, yeah. I mean, he didn't, he didn't have crazy stats, but he had decent stats. He had a, so, like I said, he had 35 games started. He went 24-6-3 with a .903 save percentage and a 2.64 goals against average. I mean, that's that's pretty good. And, and it's not like it's a tiny sample size. That's almost half a season. Uh, to, to me, again, Hellebuck, if you even want to call on a try for Carter Hart to see if he'll improve you, go for it. I, they're the they're the team. They're right there. Again, another team right on the preface. And they have to do it more so than any other team because they're not going to outscore the fighting McDavid dry sentence. They just can't do it. So they're going to have to figure out the goaltending. Their center depth, amazing. Their decor, really good. Still don't understand the Sean Dursey thing. That's all another conversation. They need to figure out the goalie. Yep. All righty. Um, staying in the West, we have the Minnesota Wild, who uh, literally, as we as I was making the uh, rundown for this of topics to talk about for the free agents, uh, 
made a move. So we have a breaking news trade uh, that I will uh, – I have the site here. Um, I will read it. I'm on the Tampa Bay Lightning site right now. It's a press release from the Lightning on their website. This was published at 9.05 p.m., and we're it's basically like two hours ago. All right, so – the Tampa Bay Lightning have acquired a seventh-round pick in the 2024 NHL Draft from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for forwards Pat Maroon and Max Kashkovich. Yeah, we, we, we butchered it. We apologize, um, Max. Yeah, um, that's tonight. Vice President and General Manager Julian Brisebois said, Tampa Bay will retain 20% of Maroon's salary. So with the Minnesota Wilds, Big, the big news from this whole thing is uh, they're getting Pat Maroon, which talk about quite the acquisition for the Wild. I mean, this is a team that, you know, I mean, they, they, when they make the playoffs, it just seems like they just get kind of bounced. You know, I mean, that they, you know, I mean, I mean, it, I, I think that this will be a great acquisition for them. Um, you know, obviously, I mean, when, when you think about Minnesota, you think of Kaprizov and how great he is and, you know, he'll obviously take huge step next season as well. Um, you know, in his very young career and, uh, it's going to be interesting, you know, I mean, you get a nice, a guy, guy again, who's won three Stanley cups because he did it, he did it with the blues and then he did it two more times after that with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So this is a guy who is a significant piece and plays a great contribution in winning significant hockey games. And what's Minnesota's problem, Ben? They can't win significant hockey games. They don't go far enough in the playoffs. So this fits a pretty significant need for them. I mean, is Maroon going to be the guy? No, that's, that's Kaprizov's role. Maroon doesn't have to be the guy, but Maroon provides that offensive, uh, you know, he can be pretty good offensively, and he's a leader who's done it all, and he's done it all three straight years in a row. And, uh, I mean, four, if we count the fact that he didn't win the cup, in the, you know, against the Avalanche. Um, you know, I mean, good for him, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's a great ad for, for Minnesota, if you ask me. And don't forget they lost Ryan Reeves. Yeah. So so there's your Ryan Reeves replacement in Maroon. So they're 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 kind of for me they're kind of like Boston. Like I don't love their team, and I kind of think they may be the team that kind of takes a step back. But every year they prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty wild about that. Hey, um, K- K- listen, Kaprizov's a stud. Zuccarello's been great since he's gotten there. Uh, they need Boldy to take a step next year, and they need Mark Andre Fleury to be okay. Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, he can't be bad for that because they're they're in a cap issue because of the buyouts of Parisi and Suter over the this Ooh. year and next year I believe. Yeah, so, cuz they gave him 15-year contracts. And they gave him identical contracts. So yeah. they're in cap issues because of that. So 
I'm intrigued on how Billy Garen plays the lines there. Yeah, Minnesota's a very interesting situation because are we going like because because they can't move anything because of the cap, so you're gonna have to do trades. You have to do this sort of thing. Mm, I don't know. Do they take a step forward? Do they take a step back? Are they the same spot? Are they another three seed or or three in their division? I don't know. Minnesota is such a team for me that they could be a one man show next year, or they could be really, really good next year. I have no clue. Yeah. We'll have to see. We'll have to see if they're able to take that next step. Um, obviously, Bill Guerin doing what he can as GM of the team to try and put them to have them take that next step. And obviously, who better to acquire than Pat Maroon just with what he's been able to accomplish both for St. Louis in 2019 and then afterwards uh, a couple times with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So. Very significant player, and uh, we'll see how he uh, he he impacts the Wild uh, this upcoming season. All righty, Noah, we're talking about your Montreal Canadiens now. Uh, so they uh, two moves that need to be discussed when talking about the Canadiens. Uh, Joel Edmondson, uh, defenseman Joel Edmondson, w- was traded to the Washington Capitals for a 2024 third-round pick and a 2024 seventh-round pick. And the second move uh, was Montreal acquiring Alex Newhook from the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, They got him from Colorado for a first and a second-round pick in 2023. 2023 It was his past draft. Yeah, yeah, 2023, and prospect Gianni Fairbrother. So Montreal... uh, gets rid of Edmondson to the Caps, and they get Alex Newhook from the Abs. And uh, Noah, we'll start with you because you're the Habs fan of the show. Um, what are your thoughts on these moves? Obviously losing um, you know, significant defenseman in Edmondson to the Capitals in this separate move. But then you get a pretty nice move from Colorado. You get Alex Newhook. Yeah, I, I love both these moves because I think Joel Edmondson for what he did for us, and I appreciate what he did for us. He was a really good player. Um, I think he was more of a, just a cap casualty that they just – he just didn't fit what this team's trying to do. This team is trying to go young. Uh, they're trying to build up the young core under young head coach, Mark, not, not young man, but he's a younger age in terms of the head coaching position, uh, Martin St. Louis. Uh, Jeff Gord's really trying to let him build this team, build, just get these young guys in. Cause you know, Suzuki's only in his mid twenties. You had Kirby docs, who, Kirby doc, who's 22. Arbor's exercise only in his late, in his early twenties. So you got a lot of that across the board. Um, so I think Joel Edmondson just didn't fit that anymore. And to get a third and a seventh out of him, I think is uh, good value for him uh, because obviously they took Reinbacher with the fifth overall pick. So they're trying to go young with the defense. They're trying to rebuild that defensive core. Cause I think the forwards in Montreal after the trade I'll talk about next, I think they're set. I think they just let needs to let these guys grow. And I think Montreal will be set for a while. It's more of the defense. And obviously then the other big thing, and Mike and I talked about this on the free agency special or a podcast beforehand is, their big thing is they need to figure out carry price. Are you coming back or are you not? Because it's vastly different, I think, 
with how Montreal operates over the next couple of years if Carey Price comes back or if he doesn't. Because I do think, on a little rant here, let's just say Carey Price comes out and says, I'm retiring, I'm, I'm done, I've given everything I got, I can't take anymore. Well, then I think Montreal is going to go back into like, okay, we're going to keep retooling. We're going to keep, you know, rebuilding this. And then it's going to be more of a four five year plan before we're back into like real contention for a Stanley cup. However, if Carrier Price says he wants to come back for a couple of years, I think you're going to be seeing Montreal become very aggressive. Free agency trades, try to get this back going to see maybe getting, get Carrier Price their cup. But that aside, I like the Joel Edmondson deal gets him out of here. Just, you know, didn't fit the team's need going forward. It's just, that just happens in the NHL. The Alex Newhook deal. I absolutely love because we had an extra first round pick from the Ben Sherratt deal to the Florida Panthers. So we still kept five overall fifth overall, and we got rid of a first round pick and a second round pick and fair brother was, you know, a prospect who has been shown a little bit, but to get a guy like Alex Newhook, who, I think when you see what Montreal's doing, he fits absolutely perfectly. Young, uh, young wing who, I mean, yes, he was with Colorado. So, of course, your numbers might be a little more inflated because you're playing with one of the best teams in the league. But we're talking about a 22-year-old winger who, in a, in a team with, you know, McKinnon, Landeskog, uh, Rantanen, all those great players, he got 30 points. He had 14 goals and 16 assists. Those are decent numbers for a 22-year-old uh, winger. So I think you throw that into this team that's trying to go young, and you throw that into Montreal. I absolutely love that deal. So I like both deals. I especially love the new hook one. Yeah, he's going to get more of an opportunity to play. Yeah. Because Colorado is so reliant on McKinnon and that top line that, that you know, they, they – could play 25 minutes 20 25 minutes a night with you know whoever McGinn's on with uh when it's Ranton and Landisca, Ranton and Chushkin, however they want to go about it. Uh back to the price point too. If Gary Price retires, that's money off the books. Yeah. That frees up you freeze you up to do a little bit more. That frees up 10.5 million a year. Right. And that's they may have to eat some of it just based on how the contract works. But even if it frees up four to 5 million half, well, then I've got $5 million to go back to the blue line, or I got $5 million to go get another goalie. Because again, they're another team. They're not in contention this year that they're rebuilding. But again, similar to Anaheim. Get a Carter Hart. Maybe Carter Hart can help your window get established a little bit quicker. Now, he may not want to do that because Carey Price was his idol and he was the goalie for Team Canada during the World Juniors. But it's an opportunity to, to at least explore that option. Yeah. So Carey Price, really, we can talk about Ken Hughes and, and Jeff Gordon and Marty St. Louis. Carey Price holds Montreal. He yeah, really man. does. He does. It it all comes down to him of like what what is he going to do and what the future holds for Montreal is all based on Carey Price. So, um but yeah, I mean I I mean I said it Mike in the live 
in the live show that we did, I said, I really wish that Montreal could have been in on maybe a Klingberg because I think that would have been a great piece to add. Again, you get the veteran guy to go. Basically you've got the, the veteran around a group of all these young defensive line, the defensive pairs. Klingberg's not great. We'll get into it later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, the, well, the, the Klingberg has his criticisms. I, I mean, it was he more. He doesn't even speak on for crying out loud. It would be more of like stars. a. It would be it, just in that vein of like get a veteran defenseman in here to, you know, let train these young guys, um, and see. And so, but like I said, you know, Carey Price. It all comes down to that. That is the thing that's just hovering above the Montreal Canadiens right now. I hope this is the season we figure this out because. I can't take another year of just sitting here being like, all right, well, we got to figure out what happens to Carey Price because leadership, Gorton and Ken Hughes, they have to like their goal this year is to go to Carey Price and say, all right, we need an answer by next off season of what you are doing. Are you coming back to play or are you not? We need to know. Because this yep. is going to be the, this going to be this this is going to be the second year in a row. This past year was the second year in a row we were just hung up by Carey Price, and it's like okay, Carey, we got to figure out what's going on here, man. And he's through signed through twenty twenty five twenty six. Yeah, so we need to figure out: Are we trying to? Are you coming back? We've got an all time goalie here, and are we going to like go for free agency and try to and try to win this thing? Or are we going to do more of the long-term game? And next month, he'll be 36. Yeah. So we're not so, talking about vintage carry price. Yeah. So it's just that. But I love the new hook deal. I just, I, I'll have to say again, love the new hook deal. Because it just fits so much with what Montreal is trying to become. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, back to the Western Conference now. We have the Nashville Predators who um, it, it took two guys uh, who were previously on the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's kind of interesting how it works because I think both deals kind of came out around the same time too. Uh, but anyway, uh, Nashville signs defenseman Luke Shen to a three-year contract. They signed Ryan O'Reilly to a four-year contract. So those are the two guys that uh, they took. They acquired as free agents uh, who were previously on the Leafs. And then uh, they get Gust- Gustav Nyquist as well on a two-year contract. So so no uh, one-year deals, at least at this point in Nashville. Nashville wanted a little bit more term on the guys that they were getting. So uh, they get Luke Shen for three years. They get Ryan O'Reilly for four years. Big addition there at center. Obviously, uh, Nashville being the team that uh, got rid of uh, Matt Duchesne here, they get uh, another former Avalanche player in Ryan O'Reilly here uh, to play in Nashville as well and be their center for for the next four years, potentially. So Luke Shen, Gustav Nyquist, and Ryan O'Reilly. What do we think? If if you ask me, love the O'Reilly move for them. I really like the Luke Shen move for them as well. And a Gustav Nyquist can be a nice uh, depth piece for them as well. you know, so I, I, I like all the moves, at least in my opinion. Barry Trotz on day one has changed a little bit of the identity of what the Nashville Predators are. One day, Luke Shen gives you the physical presence on the blue line. 
I'm not sure he'll play with Roman Yossi, but think of the difference of styles there. You're right on O'Reilly. And I, I kind of like the Gus Nyquist edition. It's it's low-key a really nice value player. Probably fits the bottom six. If he could contribute 15 to 18 goals, he just has to stay healthy. Here's the, the, the thing, because a lot of people are talking about, are they going to sell off a lot of these pieces? And Barry kind of said, no, we're going to go the other way. We'll buy out Duchesne. We'll trade Johansson to Colorado. But we'll bring in O'Reilly. We still have Philip Forsberg on the books. They've, I wonder if he's got something else slowly stirring in that pot, Barry Trotz. I, I wouldn't be surprised because low-key, they, they did really well. And don't forget, UC Saros is pretty good in goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they're getting back to Barry Trotzy in hockey there in Nashville, they got something cooking, and it may not just be the catfish. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything Mike said. I mean, the kind of just like the Nyquist deal is, in, is good. I like the Luke Shen deal. But, yeah, the Ryan O'Reilly deal is like, holy crap that is a great addition to the nashville team um and yeah barry trotz man he is he is loading this thing back up in nashville so they're gonna be a team to to watch next year they i don't think they're a top team in the west like a dallas or a a colorado but they could be that type of team that's just you get you you take like a Colorado or a Dallas in the playoffs, and like it takes seven games for them to get rid of Nashville. Like they're just very like they keep getting in there. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, a pretty uh, significant statement by Trotz. You know, be, this is being his first uh, free agency that he's going through. You know, he's done a good job so far. I mean, obviously, Trotz, you know, I'm still getting used to Barry Trotz being a GM now and not the head coach that he's been for so long. So, but uh, so far, so good with uh, what he's been able to do for the Preds here. So, but um, all right, to the New York Islanders. And with the Islanders, um, a, a lot of the move, basically the moves that they made were all re-signs. Um, there's, there's talk that they're kicking the tires here on Alex to We don't know what's going on with the, with the Brinkett at this point. I, obviously there was talk about Detroit maybe being in on to as well. I don't really know if that's going to be still the case at all, but uh, Islanders are kicking the tires on to Obviously we'll see what Ottawa does uh, with the whole the situation uh, moving forward. But now going back to the Islanders and uh, the players that they re-signed, obviously most of the players that we're talking about here are um, guys that are went to different other teams. With the Islanders, we will talk about uh, them signing quite a bit of players to term. Uh, Pierre Engvall signs a seven-year contract with the Islanders. Uh, Scott Mayfield on the back end, he signs a seven-year contract as well to remain with the Islanders as well. Ilya Sorokin and Simeon Varlamov, that is going to be your tandem for the Islanders for a very long time. Sorokin, obviously one of the best goalies in hockey right now. He They ink him and lock him up on an eight-year contract extension. And then Varlamov uh, will 
probably be ending his career as a New York Islander as well. Um, obviously a big veteran to the game, but he sends a four-year contract extension as well. We'll see if he even lasts that long. Um, but if he does, that means for the next four years, it's uh, you're going to have Sorokin and Varlamov as your two netminders um, with the Islanders. So I guess, guys, what are your thoughts on everything? I mean, obviously, like I said, we'll see what happens with the Brinkett just in general. Obviously, Islanders kicking their tires on that. Kind of need a scoring winger. So they're they're looking at a guy who can potentially put up 40 goals. He's done it before in the game uh, and could very well do it for them. But obviously, right now, the moves that are actually done, Engvall, Mayfield, and then obviously locking up your goaltending and Sorokin and Varlamov. So... Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, kind of what's going on with the Islanders? Sorokin just reset the goalie market kind of deal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, really looking across or in the to Manhattan when Igor Shesurkin's contract's up. So uh, there's that. Engvall s- played pretty well when he got over there. So uh, solid bottom six guy. Mayfield's a pretty good defenseman. I, I – I just feel like Mayfield wanted to probably stay. He, he may have got more on the market. He probably wanted to stay. Uh, you, you know, just to kick the tires a little bit, the, the Brinkett story, like, th- that's the game changer for yeah. them. Like, that would be a Barzal and the Brinkett. That's game changer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you may be moving Anders Lee down to playing with Brock Nelson. That kind of fills their lineup pretty well. That's the kind of guy they need. Is that the guy Lou's going to go get? I don't know, but intrigued. That's true. You got Horvat there as well. So um, He tailed off at the end of the year, too. Yeah. He, he, uh, well, I mean, would Debrinket help him out? You know, I mean. Well, would you play Debrinket with him or are you playing Debrinket with Barzal? Well, I mean, well, I, I I would love to see the speed with Debrinkin and Barzal, but maybe, uh, you know, I mean, here's the thing, too. You could do both things, too. I mean, if if, if you could see what a Horvat Debrinkin uh, line would look like as well, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, maybe that gets uh, Horvat's production going a little bit more as well. Um, you know, yeah, it was weird that Horvat's production kind of tailed off. We'll see how he rebounds when he comes back, but. Alrighty, yeah. Like I said, I with the Islanders, uh, just some rumblings there with the Brinkett that they were kicking the tires on that, and a lot of and the everyone else is just them kind of locking up some key pieces uh, to their club. Alrighty, sticking with New York, but we're going with the Rangers. Mike, we'll start with you. Um, a lot of moves here. I'm looking at five currently. I, I know you guys kind of did some other moves as well, but uh, uh, what the ones that I wanted to talk about for this, uh, Blake Wheeler, obviously leaving the Winnipeg Jets, was the captain over there. Um, things didn't cut, cut them. They're kind of a little bit of a breakup there between Winnipeg and Wheeler. Wheeler leaves, signs a one-year contract with the Rangers. Jonathan Quick, who it'd be funny uh, if you asked Mike in 2014, probably not the biggest fan of Jonathan Quick for what he did, but uh, – Yes, I think Quick grew up a Rangers fan, I think. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. But, uh, yeah, but so Jonathan Quick uh, will be the backup to Igor Shesterkin on the Rangers. It is a one-year contract for Quick. Riley Nash, uh, the only 
player who didn't sign a one-year deal on this list for the Rangers. Riley Nash gets a two-year contract. And to round things out, you have uh, forward Nick Bonino signing a one-year deal and defenseman Eric Gustafson signing a one-year contract as well. So Blake Wheeler, Jonathan Quick, Riley Nash, Nick Bonino, Eric Gustafson. Mike, you're first because uh, you're a Ranger fan of the group. What are your thoughts? I, I like the Blake Wheeler deal. Um, remember, Christian could but not spend the a ton of money. The money on that was really, really nice. Well, Winnipeg buying him out, it's a big benefit because the Rangers can't, couldn't afford this because the cap didn't go up, went up a million bucks. So they're hamstrung with that. Um, Blake Wheeler is going to fit into the top nine, and I'm not going to automatically give him a top six because Peter Laviolette said at his press conference when he was introduced, you got to give Capo Caco and Alexei Lafreniere every chance to be top six forwards. And we, we know throughout a season anyway, lines will be juggled, things will happen. So um, Blake Wheeler, whether it's with Mika Zibanejad, Artemi Panarin, or even Philip Hedl, I think Blake Wheeler could help, help out offensively. I despise the Jonathan Quick signing. I, I despise it. I know he's the backup. And if anyone can fix him, it's Benoit Allaire. I just wish Jonathan Quick had retired after Vegas won the Cup. I, I think he's kind of done. But again, the money's not bad on it. So it's okay. I didn't realize you felt this strongly against the idea of Quick going to the Rangers. I, I didn't get that impression when we messaged about it. You, you know, I like the idea because I know he's the backup. But when you look at the, the numbers, I, I'm just – to me, he, he doesn't really have anything to prove. Like, yeah. the career's over. He, he could go off into the sunset after winning the Cup. Well, it's not – and he's not even – I mean, I, I guess you could understand if he was like uh, – uh, you know, I mean, if, if, if someone brought him in to be like a mentor to like a young goalie. But, I mean, like, Igor is Igor. He doesn't need – he's already yeah. great. It's yeah. not like he needs anything. Like, he doesn't need a mentor. He's just no. literally – He's taking over the backup job from Yaroslav Halak, essentially. And, and here's the thing. Chris Drury and, and Quick could know each other. They're both from Connecticut, so there could be something there. Add in the fact that Peter Laviolette um, was an assistant coach at the Olympics at one point, and Quick was on the team. So there may be a relationship. Well, yeah, well, did, um, didn't uh, that 2010 team uh, – I've been thinking about that 2010 team because uh, Eric Johnson and Ryan Miller were on that Sabres – idea but i think drury was on that team if i'm not mistaken yeah and i think quick was the backup to miller and quick was i think the third string because i think tim thomas was also over yeah. there and laviolette so, i think was on the staff so yeah so there you go so, so there could be a relationship there uh i love the addition of nick benino and riley nash nick benino to me he was a glue guy for pittsburgh when they won those cups part HBK of the hbk line, line. Uh, shout out Sean Michaels for it. Uh, so so there's that. Riley Nash, the long-lost cousin of Rick Nash. Just give him 61 and let him play at the Garden. Um, you know, outside of that, I also like the Gustafson move because it's going to give competition to a Zach Jones who probably would have to play with Braden Schneider on the back end. But the rest of the money's probably going towards extensions with Alexei Lafreniere and K. Andre Miller, both RFAs. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Noah? Yeah, I, mean, I, I pretty much echo everything Mike said in terms of, like, you know, the quick deals, like, eh, okay. that It's just interesting to see uh, John and Quick go there. But all the other moves are, are just, like, good depth pieces because, obviously, we know that the top half of New York Rangers is set. They didn't need a star. They just needed some good depth pieces, and I like all those depth pieces. Depth pieces. Yep. The one, one other thing I'll say is what if they sneak in the back door too and say, hey, Patrick Kane, we can't pay you right here and now, but you hit the open market again next year and you could come back. Yeah. That That's in the back of my mind as well. That's possible. I don't know. I know you. I know you didn't want him back, and now you're kind of a little bit more open to that. Well, I, I, I'm just kind of picturing it in my head how they could go about that. I've seen people tie Patrick Kane once he's healthy to Vegas. Which would let's be... tie let's tie everyone to Vegas. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. It helps. When I you played win. for five minutes on Vegas this year. <laughs> yeah. Where's your cup ring? I, I, I'm waiting for it. Bruce Cassidy. Call my people. Yeah. Um, all righty. So um, staying in the Eastern Conference, going from the New York teams, uh, now going up into Canada, we've got the Ottawa Senators. So they re-signed Brandstrom uh, uh, to, on a one-year contract, but the, the big free agent move that they made, which we'll dive into this, Jonas Corposalo signs signs a five-year contract with the Ottawa Senators. So Corposalo, after uh, being in Columbus for, you know, his career and then obviously the whole thing going to um, going to L.A., finishing the season off, this past season off with the Kings. Now he gets a five-year contract to be the guy in net between the pipes for the Ottawa Senators. I don't like this contract for Jonas Corposalo. Um, I feel like he didn't deserve five years, that type of term. Um, you know, maybe I would have given him maybe like a, a two-year deal. Um, and just kind of see where he goes from there. I mean, look, it is what it is. If they're that, if they like him that much and they're that confident, all the power to them. They're the one that sign that makes out these contracts. But I just I can't look at what Corpusalo's done in his career so far. Not that he can't get better, or this can't be a better situation for him. I just can't justify what contract he was given. I. I would have probably done two years max just to see what we what we got out of him. You don't know what you're getting out of him, and if he's bad, you're stuck with him, or you buy him out, and then that's dead cap. So I just, yeah. you know, not to be all negative, but I just, I'm not the biggest fan of I, you know, the biggest fan of Corpusalo, and it is what it is with this contract with Ottawa. But I, I just, I don't know, I don't, I just don't like the contract. So this contract is a is a tale of two halves for me because I think I think the money, I think what you're actually paying him a year is actually not bad. 
four million a year for a goalie who, you know, when he's healthy, he could he is decent. He is a good netminder. Problem is, Nate, you mentioned it. It's the terms are like, woof, what is that? Is that five years to Corpusalo, really? Um with his injury history, with his inconsistent play. Again, I think when he hits, it's really, really good. So if it was a two-year, $8 million deal, I'd be like, oh, this is a really good sign because it's only $4 million a year. Because, again, the money is fine. I think $4 million a yeah, year is actually not it's bad. It's not a money issue. It's a term issue. It's a term issue, yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, – eh, I don't. I wouldn't give five years to Corpusalo, but maybe they know something we don't. So, Nate, you put a mandate on the Sabres. No, put a mandate on the Red Wings. I'm putting the mandate on, on the Ottawa Senators. I, I, I'm ready for them to take another step. I'm ready for them to enter the playoffs. I'm ready for Brady to Chuck to take the Matthew leap. And Brady's been really good. Yeah. I hate this deal. I, I, the, the term... The, even the money, I, I just – Jonas Corposalo was not great in Columbus. He goes to an L.A. team where arguably you have one of the better defenses in all of hockey, and you go to an Ottawa team that, let's be honest, they don't know how to exactly win these 2-1, to 3-2 to two games yet. They're still learning in that direction. If you're getting a goalie – Listen, I don't know if he, he's still in the market, but again, the UC Soros's of the world. What if you did to bring it for Soros straight up? Uh, that gets a little. I, I mean, it gets weird, but something you could consider. Soros is better than Corpusal. Am I 100% sure Corpusal is better than Cam Talbot, who they had last year? No, I'm not. Is you, Corpus- you know- you know who I wouldn't have been surprised if they would have signed Corpusalo, and we already talked about them. It's it, signing Corpusalo. Th- this is a Detroit move. <laughs> like if you take out Reimer and you put Corpusalo, like I feel like we would also be like, yeah, that's about right. That's that Corpusalo fits that tier of what what Detroit did. <laughs> like it's yeah, just it, instead, it, of, it just, instead of Corpusalo, it was Reimer. It just doesn't make sense from my perspective. I, he could listen. He could be great and prove us wrong, but five years, four million a year, much. He's not that. Yep. Alrighty. Uh, going now to the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, so they uh, signed uh, Ryan Poling to a one-year contract, and um, the other move that they. Did uh, they got Garnet Hathaway, who uh, last year was uh, playing between Washington and then obviously part of the Orlov trade, uh, going to Boston and being kind of a depth forward there for them. Uh, Hathaway now goes to the Flyers on a two-year contract. Um, Poling obviously will, or is it Poling or Paling? I want to say it's Paling. Um, you know, we'll see what he's able to do for Philly. Um, Garnet Hathaway, um, you know, he, he, I've always liked his game, um, you know, with uh, from what I've seen when he's been with uh, Washington. And then obviously I kind of liked 
that move in general when Boston was able to get him as like a bottom six guy. Um, obviously did not work out for the Bruins this year with everything that happened, but um, I, I did really like that trade when he, when he and Orlov went to Boston. Obviously Orlov kind of had a little bit more of an impact uh, with what he was able to do and get, get some points, but, uh, but Hathaway was still pretty, uh, pretty good for them. And uh, you know, I think that this is, you know, a nice move, obviously with uh, Philly. <coughs> we know that Briere and the Flyers new um, management front office, obviously they kept the coach, but the new management, their, their plan is that they're, uh, you know, they're going to be doing a rebuild. It's what the fans have been clamoring for. Want to, uh, you know, to kind of ch- change the direction a little bit. And, um, you know, I mean, this this isn't really all this is. is just kind of a body for two years. You know, we know what Hathaway can bring to uh, to the ice. But, um, you know, overall with the Flyers, I mean, it's uh, they're they're going to be uh, rebuilding and uh, building for the future, as we saw with uh, Matt Vaymichkov uh, being drafted by them uh, in the draft earlier this week. So uh, but and I think it's a nice uh, I think both are uh, nice additions. Mm-hmm. Athlete embodies what a flyer is. Yep. Same thing as a Bruin. Let's be real honest. Physical and not afraid of the rough stuff. That's what I think of when I think of the Flyers. Right. No. Yep. Uh, same thing. I just same echo those things because again, they're just he embodies what it means to be a flyer, but. They're focused on much more bigger things than this free agency, honestly. Alrighty. Staying in Pennsylvania. Um, Pittsburgh made quite a bit of moves. I, I'm looking at uh, six uh, players right now um, on this. No, uh, we have uh, no, Noel, uh, Noel is Achari. Noel Achari. Noel Achari. He uh, leaves the Leafs and signs a three-year contract with Pittsburgh. Ryan Graves, that was an interesting name, uh, obviously coming uh, from the Devils last season. We didn't know where he was going to be going on the blue line. Uh, he goes to Pittsburgh, and it's a very lofty term one. Six-year contract. Um, big move in net. Obviously, Tristan Jerry was a free agent. He gets re-signed by Pittsburgh for a five-year contract. So he is the guy going forward in between the pipes for them. Uh, Matt Nieto. Uh, depth forward since two-year contract and uh and another goalie move that they made which will be he'll be backing up jerry alex nadelkovich so obviously we didn't really know you know there was the whole thing about him leaving carolina and going to detroit that obviously did not work out nadelkovich finds himself on a one-year deal with the penguins and then lars eller I got to tell you, that's going to be weird seeing him in a Penguins uniform. I mean, after all the amount of time that he spent in Washington with Ovechkin, Backstrom, and all those guys uh, with the caps, Lars Eller, man, he's on the other side. It's it's going to be weird. He's uh, he's a Pittsburgh Penguin. It's a two-year contract. And uh, so, yeah, so Noah Chari, Ryan Graves, they re-signed Tristan Jerry, Matt Nieto, Alex Nedeljkovic, and Lars Eller. Guys, what do we think of what Pittsburgh did? So – I've identified and found my Penguin statement address from episodes ago. I have 
on back-to-back lines here to let Brian Dumoulin and Tristan Jari leave. I'll get half credit on that. I then put to sign Ryan Graves or Damon Severson. I'm half right there. I then at the very bottom say sign Alex Nedeljkovic, Mackenzie Blackwood, or Semyon Varlamov. I got it right there. Outside of the Tristan Jari deal, I love what Kyle Dubas did. Ryan Graves, shot blocker, good defensive defenseman. If you want to crap on the term, that's fine, but you have to be able to get your guy. So that's a good move. Lars Eller, I love Lars from Mars, man. Lars, Lars Eller is the second greatest. Actually, he's the third greatest Lars of all time behind Lars Ulrich and Lars from Rocket Power. Yeah, I remember Lars from Rocket so Power. We're, we're in a position now. Nieto gives him some speed in the bottom six. They can, and that was their issue last year. Here's the thing. I just don't trust Tristan Jari to stay healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can't do it. That's why I thought they would offer one of the bigger forwards, Gensel or Rust, and say maybe we can improve at this position by giving something up. We still have skill with Sidney Crosby and Malkin and all those guys, but they chose not to and bring back Jari. Um, that's the one risk because – I don't love Tristan Jari because of the injuries. I think it's a bit of an overpay on term and money. But outside of that, I really like what Kyle Dubas did. Listen, I criticized him in Toronto. I have to give him credit. I like what he did outside of the Jari extension. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing for me. Jari extension is really dumb. I don't understand it, Uh, especially for that long, like, Okay, I guess you're buying him. I don't know why, but go ahead, I guess. It's your money. But everything else is great. The Graves deal is amazing. And, I mean, you know, we criticize – again, I just said what I said about the Jari deal. Maybe Graves is the way to help Jari out because he – like you said, Mike, he's a defensive defenseman. He's a shot blocker. So maybe that's the reason they went with it. I don't know. But everything outside the Jari deal was great. Kyle Lewis did a fantastic job. All righty. Uh, going back to California, we have to talk about the San Jose Sharks. Uh, the one move that I want to talk about that they did uh, was was uh, uh, they obviously had traded for uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, um, and they signed him to a two-year contract. So Blackwood uh, leaving the New Jersey Devils uh, between the pipes there and goes to San Jose. What do we think about Blackwood? Um Going, there was some talk of that maybe Blackwood wasn't going to end up re, uh, wasn't going to end up signing with the with San Jose, but uh, they managed to get a two year deal out of it. So, thoughts on Blackwood uh, going to be one of the goalies over there in San Jose? It's a fine move. It's just I think a nice piece to just add for the next couple of years and see what he's got. And you know, we know San Jose is not going to be anything next year or the year after. So, eh, just kind of a backup goalie and see what he is. Guy who's got to showcase himself. Yeah. 
when he was healthy, he was really good. Injuries have taken him apart the past couple of years, but a guy with a, a little bit of upside. So you take the risk. They also trade for Anthony Duclair. So uh, that, right. that was that's oh, a big. Thank you for mentioning that. I forgot to add that on here. That, that that's a big move for them. Let, can, can we just talk about the elephant in the room? Like you sent us the message this morning. Eric Carlson requested a trade. Eric, we know we know they're moving you. There was no point in putting the requested. We know you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> like whether it's by the way, the, the teams they had rumored, by the way, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Toronto. I, I think Toronto's now out based on stuff they've already done. Right. I don't know what Pittsburgh be giving up. Are we at a point where Eric Carlson's going to Carolina and we're just waiting for this to go down? I mean, it, it fits the Pesci thing. I mean, the fact that they are they might have to trade Pesci away. That's the spot you would take. Oh, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by Carlson, what they get back for him, too. So Yeah. All right. But, yeah, so Blackwood uh, to Santa, to the Sharks on a two-year contract. Uh, Seattle Kraken. So, obviously, Kraken uh, rebound nicely from their first season in the league with a not only just a playoff appearance, but winning a round against the team that won the Cup in 2022, nonetheless. So, how would they respond with that in this offseason? Uh, they signed Kaylor Yamamoto um, on a one-year contract. Yamamoto part of the Clem Costin deal that happened between Edmonton and Detroit, Detroit deciding that they did not want to keep Yamamoto. They, they wanted Costin out of the deal. So Yamamoto becomes a free agent. Seattle gets him on a one-year contract. And then you mentioned, obviously when we talked about Pittsburgh, Brian Dumoulin leaving Dumoulin goes to Seattle. He signs a two-year contract. So Yamamoto and Dumoulin are the two guys that the Kraken get, um, Thoughts on Yamamoto and Dumoulin? I like the Yamamoto deal. Bottom six, solid. Put him on a line with Brandon Tanev. I think you got something there. Dumoulin, pretty good defenseman. He's taken a couple of steps back the last couple of years. If I'm them, and I think they probably have the money on this one, I'd go, I, I would make a play on Vladimir Tarasenko. Mm. Go wow. get yourself one more pure goal score. Interesting. And then hope Philip Grubauer plays as well as he did in the playoffs. Because well, and everyone and everyone was saying too back when they had their expansion draft for Seattle, everyone's like, "Oh, that's they they left Tarasenko unprotected, and you need to go get Tarasenko, and you know that needs to be your star that you base. Uh, you know, everyone could sell ticket. You know, you could get the tickets sold and everything like that. He's one of the attractions. And then they went and they got Dunn, and Dunn's been a pretty good, uh, solid move that, that when they chose to get him instead. Uh, so, but now they might get Tarasenko, and they already have Dunn. So, and they also got Jane Schwartz from the Blues. So they're yeah. they're, just, they're really? singing the blues, the blues up there apparently. in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so some some nice uh, nice uh, moves there. Obviously, Yamamoto one year deal, and Dumoulin two years. We'll see how those work out. The Tampa Bay Lightning. So obviously, we talked about the Pat Maroon trade already um, that had happened earlier between Tampa and the Wild. 
Uh, talking about the free agent signings that the Lightning did, uh, they got Connor Sherry, a three-year contract. Uh, so Sherry leaves the Caps, goes to Tampa Bay on a three-year deal. Josh Archibald signs with Tampa on a two-year contract. Luke Glendenning, same thing as well as Archibald, signs a two-year contract. And Calvin DeHaan signs a one-year deal to go to the Lightning as well. So Connor Sherry, three-year deal. Josh Archibald, two-year deal. Luke Glendenning, two-year deal. And Calvin DeHaan on a one-year contract as well. Thoughts on these moves? Uh, Mike, before we started recording, I know you mentioned that you liked the Sherry edition. I love the Connor Sheary edition. Gives you some energy. Can play in the top six, the bottom six. Uh, can help you kill penalties. Uh, I, I thought that was a good move. I think that's a great fit for Tampa. Maybe he takes over for Alex Kalorn. Maybe you put him on a bottom six line. Um, I, I think that's a solid move. Archibald and Glenn Denning just feel like replacements for Pierre-Edouard Belmar, and Corey Perry. That, that's what that feels like. So we're going to replace two fourth-line guys with two fourth-line guys. Glenn Denning, good in the dot. Archibald will bring the physical presence. So, uh, listen, Tampa does what they could do with the limited funds they have. The Maroon deal does save them some money as well. So, I listen, they're the Tampa Bay Lightning and I said it to Noah on the live stream. I'll say it again. The best thing that happened to them was losing in the first round because now they've had a full off season. Yeah, they had a regular normal off season. They, 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 and, and let's be fair to them. They won the first cup with in, in the COVID bubble, which was unlike anything else. Then they had to come back and play an 82-game schedule a full playoff run they win again then they go through another 82 game season and they go to the cup final again they were bound to get tired out yeah yeah yeah, really the fact that they held on this long was was ridiculous yeah and but they they just reload like they always do it's incredible to see what they did they do and they're gonna make they're gonna make other deals that are gonna make breezewell look like a genius Mm -hmm. yeah yep Breezebois just taking over from what Yaisman was doing when he was in Tampa. You got to see what when it starts to uh, happen over with the Red Wings. But, uh, yeah, I mean, things are just continuing to roll with the Tampa Bay Lightning for sure. All righty. The Toronto Maple Leafs, who their offseason has been quite probably one of the most interesting offseasons uh, in the entire league. And I don't know how close it really is. It's just been all over the place. And, uh, you know, obviously Kyle Dubas leaving no longer the GM with Toronto. Now he's over in Pittsburgh, as we referenced already. Uh, Bradtree living the new GM now uh, for the Leafs. And um, the, the, the first day was interesting for them. And then the second day was a little bit better when it came to bringing in free agents. So day one saw the Leafs sign winger Ryan Reeves to a three-year contract. He's the only one so far from what I can tell that got multiple year term for his deal, uh, which is interesting. So, but a Reeves signs a three-year contract with Toronto. 
Uh, John Klingberg, who we referenced earlier, Noah mentioned about maybe Montreal, maybe you know would have been cool, maybe trying to get Klingberg. Uh, Klingberg does not sign with Montreal. He signs with Toronto on a one-year deal. And then, so both Reeves and Klingberg happened yesterday as this is being recorded. And then today, earlier today, um, they made uh, potentially two moves. The one is still a report, uh, has not been officially confirmed yet. But the other one is, we'll go with the one that has been confirmed first. Tyler Bertuzzi, Mike, you said it best, continuing his uh, Atlantic Division tour. Started out with Detroit, went to Boston, and now he uh, lands with Toronto. Tyler Bertuzzi signs with the Leafs a one-year contract. And then now there is a report from Chris Johnston. Um, you can follow him on Twitter. Um that Max Domi, the son of Ty Domi, uh, Leafs legend, um, Max Domi will be signing a one-year contract to become a Toronto Maple Leaf, which I think is kind of cool. Obviously, Ty Domi, many know what he's been able to do, um, what he was able to do during his career, and now his son, Max Domi, um, he's playing for the Leafs. So very interesting. And... um, that is so Ryan Reeves, three-year contract, John Klingberg, one year, Tyler Bertuzzi, one year. And then there's a report uh, that Max Domi will be signing a one-year contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs as well. Thoughts, guys, on these moves? Uh, like I said, kind of a little bit of a roller coaster. Not a fan of the Reeves one. I mean, obviously his toughness, I can appreciate that. But he probably only should have got one year. Then you obviously have Klingberg, and we'll talk about Klingberg and his defense. Tyler Bertuzzi was a nice ad. I'll give him credit for that one. And then, uh, you know, it's cool to see Ty Domi's son uh, also wear a Leaf sweater. So this is from Puckpedia with Domi and Bertuzzi signed. So once they officially sign, the Leafs will be $8.1 million projected over the cap with 22 players on their roster. If they put Jake Muzzin's $5.625 million on LTIR, they would need to clear $2.4 million to get at the cap. So they're going to have to figure this out. Yeah, um, well, they, and, they, and they still have to re-sign Samsonov. Right, so are you going to buy out Matt Murray? Are you going to trade Matt Murray? That, that would be questions. Um, to your point, Bertuzzi and Domi better be a third line together because I don't know a bigger pain in the neck line than, than that. Um, that. That would be the perfect third line. I know what Ryan Reeves brings to the table for them. Physical. He'll fight people. My thing on the Leafs, I, I, I'm just – I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of every year – saying, you know what, I buy the Leafs this year. And they go into the playoffs and they lose in the first round. It changed a little bit this year because they actually won a round. But I, I I don't know if I believe in this group. I really don't. Outside of Bertuzzi and Domi, Ryan Reeves is going to play eight, nine minutes a night. Klingberg's defense is an atrocity. We still don't even know who the goalie is in Toronto. They might as well ask Curtis Joseph to come out of retirement. 
I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm skeptical. I like the Bertuzzi and Domi ads, but I'm with you. Hate the Reeves term. Listen, I'm not going to get on a soliloquy about John Klingberg. Just look at the dude's plus minus stats. I don't want to hear it. Just he played in Anaheim. He wasn't great in Dallas the last number of years either. That's why well, that's they let the, him go. That's the thing. If he was still good, I mean, he was with Dallas forever, and they didn't bring him back. Right. So I I don't love I I don't love everything they did. And I'm on the record on this podcast. I would have changed one of the core four. I would have gotten rid, whether it's Marner, Nylander. I've even said I would consider Austin Matthews if the return was decent enough. Well, and they needed to move on Willie Nylander, and because they didn't move on it before yesterday, he now has his no his uh, no no trade clause. His tanty so, no trade. Exactly. So that they took too long, and that kicked in. So I mean, if if he's, I mean, unless they're not going to get rid of him, but you got to sign him. And then what's his what's his deal look like? What does Matthews deal look like? Yeah, and and again, I mean, they're they're over the cat. They're projected. They're already over- eight, they're already eight million over. Yeah, like we're talking about a team eight million over, and they're two two of their most important players need extensions. Yeah, and here's Ooh. the thing: I've heard from multiple reporters, Matthews is not signing eight years. He's only. I'm going to sign a three or five year extension. He's not going eight. I heard that he can't even sign eight anymore. I, I think because this is his, he's officially on his last year of his contract. I think it can it only be seven or something. Uh, whatever it is. He can't. But apparently it's only going to be three or five, which is weird because I don't know why he would turn down four then. He must like odd numbers. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but yeah, no, that, it, that's just simply put it. Bertuzzi and Domi are great, but when it puts you this much over the cap space and it puts you this much over and, and it just creates more problems, it's like, what was the point, guys? You need bigger, you have bigger fish to fry than than that than those two. Noah, that was a perfect time for a punt. More fish to fry, more leaves to rake. More Let's leaves go. to rake. I'm sorry, Mike. Let's Mike, that's your go. job. <laughs> that is your thing to do. Y'all um, need to know your role. Yeah, it's like you, they've got bigger leaves to rake. It's like why? Like I feel like this has just been the Toronto Maple Leafs like like uh, attitude towards everything. It's just let's just get more stars. Let's just load up our our team with stars and just see if this works. It's like the, no. The definition of repeating the same process over and over again and it doesn't work is insanity. Yeah. By the way, what is Brendan? What what are Brendan Shanahan's initials? Yes. What have the Leafs done over the last? What's well, the thing? Years that is not BS. That's the and, and Leaf fans have said this. Dubis Dubis left. Why did Shanahan not go with him? Listen, Nate. You talked about the Iser plan. Where's the Shanna plan? <laughs> He needs yes. to go back to being the head of official, uh, the head of uh, player development safety or whatever. And go back to Shanna Ban. You know what? That, Shana- that's fine. George Paro sucks too. 
<laughs> well, no, it's, it was cool when it was cool when Shanahan ran the Department of Player Safety, though, because at least he would he would like record videos and be like, yeah, "Oh, this is fine." Yeah, I don't get that anymore. He was good at that, better than what he's doing with the Leafs. And you know, I mean, and 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 let's not kid ourselves. The GM didn't get fired because if if for you know if all these all this stuff is true, Shanahan's the one that's basically. You know, he had Dubas's hands tied behind his back. And, and Tree Living's just going to be a puppet, too. That's what this was. And he cannot tell a lie because he's not Pinocchio. Oh, fudge. I forgot the, the, the puppeteer's name named Pinocchio. Geppetto. Geppetto. Geppetto, yeah. It's midnight on the East Coast, <coughs> folks. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. We'll uh, burn through these last few uh because this has been going on for a long time. All right. Vancouver Canucks. They signed Teddy Bluger to a one-year contract, Ian Cole to a one-year contract, and Carson Soucy to a three-year contract. So Soucy does not return to Seattle. Um, doesn't go too far away, though. Um, Soucy, three-year deal, Bluger one year, and Ian Cole one year. Guys, what are your thoughts on the moves by the Canucks? I'm okay with the other two. I love the Ian Cole. The can listen the, the Canucks to me like last year they we know what happened they didn't respond to Bruce they fired Bruce for Tockett if your stars don't play like stars it's not going to matter um, but Colin Susie led to the blue line Teddy Bluger is a fourth line center let's see what they do with Besser and J T Miller and, and those guys yeah alrighty Vegas Golden Knights. They real they haven't added anyone new, uh, but they resigned uh, some key contributors. Uh, resigning Ivan Barbashev, five-year contract, a great great acquisition at the trade deadline. That was a great move by McCrimmon, um, and I mean, it, and fantastic move to have him locked up long term. We'll see uh, how they do when it comes to trying to repeat next year, and then obviously resigning Aiden Hill as well. Goalie that stepped up and made a difference. Obviously, goalie was a really big question mark for them throughout the whole year, ever since Robin Leonard went out. But uh, two-year contract there for Aiden Hill, he uh, he was the answer in that to get them their first cup. So thought thoughts really on – I mean, there's, there's not really too many thoughts with this. I mean, they won the cup, and they're just keeping it, their guys. That Yeah, uh, they did great. They kept the right guys. I'm just curious what they do now with Aiden Hill and goal. Is it Logan Thompson? Is it Robin Leonard? Is Robin Leonard's neck okay? Right. There are things yeah, to weigh there. Yeah, they got a, they have uh, some interesting decisions on what the rest of the goaltending will be there. All right, Washington Capitals. Max Pacioretty gets a one-year contract, and obviously Joel Edmondson, as we mentioned before, acquired from Montreal. What do we think here? Pat Pacioretty and Edmondson here from for Washington. I love the Pacioretty deal. Mm-hmm. Low risk, high reward for a team that can kind of use it. I wonder what happens with Kuznetsov because, argument's sake, if Kuznetsov doesn't go and you keep Kuznetsov and Ovechkin together, you get a second line of Max Pacioretty, Nick Backstrom, and TJ Oshie. Very you may have something cooking there. Yeah, it's very intriguing. And then obviously we'll see what Edmondson can do uh, on the blue line for the Caps as well. All right, and wrapping up, the last thing that we want to talk about, we got the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Lauren Brassois 
coming off of being on the Vegas Golden Knights who won the cup. Goes back to the Winnipeg Jets on a one-year contract. And the Jets also signed Vladislav Nemestikov to a two-year contract as well. So Lauren Brassois, one-year deal. Vladislav Nemestikov, two-year contract uh, with the, for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, Brassois, I mean, obviously this is a guy who they know. Uh, they've, they've had him on the Jets already, so there's some familiarity there, which probably led to this. And Nemestikov, nice, nice depth add. Anything else you guys want to add? Rousseau's Connor Hellebuck insurance. Yeah. That's, that, that, that's, that's essentially it. Let's see what they, they did well in the Dubois return. Let's see how they do in a Shifley or a Hellebuck deal too. Yeah, the, the Shifley thing's probably a little bit more realistic uh, right now. As, as we said, obviously with Hellebuck, we'll, we'll have to see if that, any, if anything comes out of that this year. But uh, but that covers all the teams uh, that that really did significant things. Um, once again, uh, I will toss over to Mike on how you can listen to the podcast. You can listen to the podcast, Google, Sp- Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. You can follow the network too, and you follow the show on Twitter, SIM Breakaway, unless Elon doesn't have his crap together. You follow the network at S Insanity Real. We're also on Facebook. You can also go to the website www.thesportsinsanitynorth.com for great blogs, vlogs, planes, trains, and automobiles. You can also check out the YouTube page. That's where Noah and I did the live stream, even though Elon Musk tried his best to screw us over. He did. Take the- Listen, Elon, stop naming your kids letters and give them real names. So... This podcast is really just going to end with me taking shots at Elon Musk. So no. you made a terrible Simpsons episode. Go home. Jeez. All right. All right. So thank you all for for watch for watching for for listening to this episode of the Breakaway Bandits podcast. This is always one of my favorite times of the year. Just always seeing where players go. Um, you know when their contracts are up and everything. It's a magical time of year. Draft, trades, free agency. It's all it's all fantastic. It's hockey Christmas, as I like to call it. But uh, but for Mike Rifkin and Noah Tremblay, I'm Nathan Moser. Thank you guys uh, for listening to this episode of the Breakaway Bandits podcast. We will catch you again next time.